April 17, 2016, it's a Watt Pedro show.
are you wearing? Are you wearing something special for me? Uh, I'm wearing a padded flannel. <laughs> My, my, my new a padded hat. flannel. Yeah, because I, I don't wear them outside, but inside it's kind of like a tunic. Yeah, it's a oh, flannel, a flannel shirt. Got, you mean? Yeah, it's a flannel shirt that's got some kind of liner. <laughs> like, I don't, like like the Titanic. <laughs> kind of, but different. So you go medieval. You go for like the medieval look, like mortis, <laughs> like one of the Danish metal medieval look. Yeah. Uh not so much Danish. Uh, <laughs> maybe more. Uh, Lumberjack. Cool. I'm a Monty Python. I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. That's it. Cool. But this one's green, not red. <laughs> there's a joke in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Ready to be explored. There's a band name in there somewhere, green, That's not right. red. There's several album titles. Speaking of which, you got a new album. I have. I've got a new old album. Yeah, that's right. A new album of old uh, uh, memories. Yes, the documents. And uh, but before we get to that, uh, first I got to say we started the show off with John Coltrane uh, live uh, up against the wall, and uh, the the first part got lost. This is one of those things that's recorded. Probably, I wonder how they made. They didn't have a cassette tape in nineteen sixty three. So what some they guy had like, had, like studers. Some... They had like reel to reel kind of studers. They had like re- like those nature guys use those. Little reel-to-reel things, and they would bring these into clubs and what? what like yeah, just, I mean, okay. one of my one of my best friends, his mum was Shirley Collins, the folk singer, sure. right? And she travelled around the the states with Alan Lomax recording the old blues guys. Alan Lomax, yeah, the, yeah, and they just had these really like funny little reel-to-reel things. I mean, in English, like the BBC used them for nature programs. Okay, yeah, isn't didn't one of the uh, cabaret Voltaire guys turn into? One of those guys? Yes, Chris Chris Watson. He's he's got this label called Touch, which is really interesting. Yeah, he makes and the guy from SBK, the guy from Graham Revel from SBK Surgical Penis Clinic. Right, right, was, right. He made a whole album full of like locusts, noises of locusts, kind of sampled up and stuff. <laughs> By the way, the seventeen-year cicada is about to come above ground on the East Coast. There, we don't have them here in California, but. 17 years, you know, they come out. Well, there's different kinds, but this one in particular, it's every 17 years. Do you wow. guys have cicadas? Do you the have cicadas it? is a locust, is it? Kind of. It's a weird-looking thing, man. It's its own... I know that, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and, man, they made... Iggy told, Iggy told me how weird yeah. it looks. That's right. But uh, <laughs> If you they... want to be in my gang, you've got to do that, dude. <laughs> I will, promise. They are intensely loud. I mean, in, in Japan, they call them semis, and they have them all the time. I don't think they wait 17 years. They're there every summer. And, and I, first time I heard them, I thought it was a construction site next door. How I mean, many? How many How many do you need to make a, a noise? I think just one, dude. And they have songs. There's three or four songs, but they all sound like, uh, I don't know, band saws or a belt well, the, sanders. The swarm make a song. I, I, I don't think they do swarms. I think they're kind of bug alone. And you'll see they'll the molt. So you'll lone, see wolf, lone wolf locust album yeah, title. Yeah, but they eat locusts. They're weird. They look, kind of look like hornets. A mix between a locust and a... Because a locust is kind of a giant grasshopper. And these guys are uglier. Right. They're, they're, but along those kind of lines. And they don't really make swarms. and uh, But they got to find a mate. And they use these songs, and you would not believe how loud they are. How do they make are. the songs with their hind legs or something? Yeah, it's from Robin. 
I'm rubbing as, as we speak. <laughs> as we speak. As we speak. This is the 0891 number. So, <laughs> so you know uh, which kind of number you a premium number, Mike. <laughs> yeah, you got to stay away from four, right? Because uh, that's that's the mark of four. Yeah, like you can't find a number four parking space in Asia because I think uh, it are you means, in Asia? It means death. I'm in Pedro, but that's. All right. I thought John Wet- I thought John Wetton, who used to be in Roxy Music, was a bass player in Asia. Right. And you're, also, working with Ta- you're, you've been working with Tav Falco, right? Also, uh, King Crimson. Yeah, you're I working believe- with King Crimson, dude. Yeah, and I couldn't believe the first picture I saw John Wetton. He had air, air blown hair. Yeah, I and, saw him play uh, with Roxy. Exactly. And, uh, and, uh, body. Yeah, but th- uh, these were pictures before the Roxy thing. This is uh, he took Greg Lake's place and and King Crimson. Okay. And he was wearing a body shirt. I don't think so in Asia because he put on a little weight by then. <laughs> What's a body suit when it's at home? A body shirt. It's kind of tapered to uh, if you're a more younger man or very lucky, less younger man. <laughs> Where you don't have the girth of like a... Uh, you know, I don't think about men the way he but a anyway, taper is a, a taper is a kind of a, a kind of anteater, isn't it? As, as as long as we're getting into clothes, you, you're talking about Taff Falco. Yes, he had me wear pointy shoes. I've never worn pointy shoes. Yes, yes, that was a, a little bit of a plug here. But I was saying to somebody, I was in, we were writing some new stuff yesterday in a, in a little rehearsal room, right? Yeah. And there was this young lad from Northern Ireland who I made friends with behind the bar of the cafe. He said, "How's it going?" Blah blah blah. And I said to him, I said, look, mate, back in the day, punk rock was more about the clothes than the music, right? Sure. sure. And for me, it was kind of an excuse to do something that I didn't have to wear like a uniform or a factory or a factory warehouse, like right. boiler suit in. Do you know what I mean? But you and wore Bruce some the drummer, kind of... Bruce the drummer, didn't you kind of got to in wear... the band because he had the right shoes. Ah. But yeah, didn't you used to wear... rock at school, there was very few people that had cool clothes. So you, you kind of told them to play the bass or said, you know, you encourage people with a kind of vaguely cool cl- clothes to take up instruments because all the musicians look like jitters. <laughs> and you're not going to see much of the feet, though, with the drum set in a way. But didn't you <laughs> it doesn't used... matter. You've just got to know that there's something that they're not wearing, you know. I know it doesn't matter, Tav. Uh... A mark because Tav asked me to wear the pointy shoes, but then he put his amplifier in front of my feet so no one ever saw them. That's part of the re- yeah. That's why we do it, mate. Those little those poetic conceits. There's this, this poetic conceit. Yeah. But what did it do with your face? I mean, your hair. Sorry. I was. Yeah. Did you have to wear gel? I had to no, but I no, I but he, he wear, had me wear wearing an Italian pencil. suit. In fact, I wore this suit. It was made out of polyester. So I wore this motherfucker. I mean, I changed the chonies and stuff underneath. But I wore the suit every day of that tour. Never nice. took it off. You couldn't do I that with Kai. From Dr. Feelgood. I remember seeing Dr. Feel. Lee Brillo's thing was sweating wicked. That's a good look. Yeah, but plastic clothes. Because cotton, if I would have worn flannel, about two or three days so of that, there'd be an odor, okay? Yeah, but with that plastic, that polyester, you can keep, you can almost wipe it off the filth. There's a reggae song, uh, 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 "Jester No Wear Polyester." If you search it, play it here, man. It's, it's a good one. <laughs> the Doctor Rastas went all about polyester for some reason back in the day. Doctor Doctor Alamantado, I think, something about polyester. Three piece. Oh yeah, three piece suit. Three piece suit. Yeah, that was popular in the seventies. In fact, a lot of the country uh, western, you would see George Jones in this or uh, Buck Owens. Wicked. Are you, have you been recording with Foco? Though? He is cool, man. He is cool. Tell Foco, uh, uh, me and the Larry, uh, who did the last two years of Stooges on the drums, 
Okay. We're the rhythm section. And we got to record two seven-inch 45s with Tab Falco. Tab Falco, since uh, behind the uh, Magnolia Curtain, big hero of mine. And when he gave me that call out of the blue, Wicked. It, it really blew my mind. I mean, you're working with some. You, you, you're getting the. You, it's you that's getting the call. At Wicked, mate. That's yeah. that's another tick in the box. Wicked. He asked for. You're a, blessed. You're blessed, Mike. Iggy Tab. Wow. I'm very, very blessed. I don't yeah. know what they see in you. Me either. <laughs> you must be cheap. Yeah, that's it. Econo. That jammy Econo. You must do something that other bass players can't do. Well, I went and got a China Hoffner for him, a Beatle bass. Man, are they a trip? It only cost two hundred and fifty bucks. It weighs about two pounds and little flat wilds. It was a whole new experience in his music. And also, the, the man is a performer, you know. What did Mark Riley call him? The, I did an interview uh, there in Manchester. Have you been on his show? He's Of course, he's a huge fan. Yeah, he's a great person. cat, Mike man. Riley. Mike, it's Mike Riley and you, the, the man on the radio at the moment, mate. Okay, okay. Anyway, uh, he says, yeah, Taff Falco's a one-off. But yeah. wasn't that really what the movement was about? One-offs. Well, for for me, I saw Tav just do it. There's this Rough Trade record shop here, which is you know, which is a cool cool shop since back in the day, right? Yeah. And I just saw him doing a little talk about a book he'd written about New Orleans or something or other about some, some about and it's you know he's Tav for it's me Mem- is more Memphis. like something from way back. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's Memphis though. The book Memphis, is about Memphis. Sorry, it, it came from Memphis or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, also, he just has a book of pictures because he got into photography young, too. Yeah. He's very, very interesting. Man. May, not to get uh, nostalgic or sentimental, but he reminds me of the things that attracted me to the movement. Yeah. Well, he, he reminds me a bit of Mick DeVille. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think he was a like New Yorker, the, the, though. A bit of the kind of street edge of Johnny Thunders. But, you know, it's like I've heard crazy stories about Mick DeVille. So yeah. when you say it, he reminds you of what attracted you to the movement, what do you mean then? The look or the, the nonchalance or the what, the street manners? No, what Mark Riley said, one-offs. Yeah. Maybe it's, a, it's, maybe a it's kind of similar. It's, it's an umbrella for freaks. That's why we called our label Freaks R Us. Yeah, I love it's a gathering name. place for freaks, you know. I love that name. I love that name. That's exactly what I'm talking about, letting the freak flag fly. And yeah. maybe he's a little similar to Willie DeVille, Mink DeVille, but yeah. he ain't a clone. Everybody, no. that's how, what was really kind of special about those days. Yeah. Well, what do you mean those days? It's, it's, it's happening more now than ever, mate. Okay. Then let's hear it for these days. Now, Form your own band. That's right. <laughs> Start your own band. That's how you end every gig. That's, yeah, that's my little uh, outro mantra. Play some bloody music. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking stooge. These old guys just like to chat. Chat yeah, on yeah. the fire side. Okay. Well, let's talk. Before we get into the record, what about this? film mr let's made yes oh my god mike oh I, I, friday night dan katz is the bass player right right came came up to london to stay because we're starting to make new stuff for like end of the year next year or something right yeah and our, our manageress said she wanted to check through some of the footage from don from don let's right yeah and oh my god i mean I don't know how I, I I shouldn't really say this, but if these days we would have been put in a special school, <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's I cannot exactly. believe. I remember, I remember. Me and my my brother's like four or five years older than me, and he got me into music. And he 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 got like he was into Kerouac and Ginsberg. So like eleven or twelve, I was borrowing his books and seeing what he was getting into. So I kind of matured fast with him. Right? Yeah, he also but, uh, became a scientist, right? 
No, my dad's a scientist. My oh, brother okay. was was my my brother said to my dad. He, he said he said I he said I want to become an artist. I want to. He said I want to go to art school. I want to become an artist. And my dad said, "Well, you can paint the bloody bloody bathroom." <laughs> <laughs> Okay. But um, I remember me and my older brother used to come back from primary school and just get into the house What's and primary? run around and just roll around. We used to call it flip skate dancing, just let off loads of energy, run around the floor. Just, well, what's primary? Look at this, that, and when you look at this footage from the Alexandra Palace gig, the Don Letts film. Okay. Me and Have you seen it? No, no. That's why I'm oh, asking. Well, I'm curious. Got... I'm curious. Oh, mate, it is, it is it's, talk about hyperactive. We, we, we're, well, how did the idea mental. start? What, he had some kind of uh, footage that you didn't know he had? Yeah, basically what happened was there's this legendary, it's still, you know, it's going on now. I, I just heard that Rage Against the Machine are making something for Bernie Saunders, right? It's going on now. There's still, across Europe, there's still quite radical kind of non-commercial kind of protest festivals going on about for different causes or whatever. We, we've been doing stuff at the campaign against the arms trade, blah, 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 blah. Rock Against Racism is coming back over here. Oh, right? I remember that. Yeah, but we, we call them better. Cash, cash gigs or whatever. So anyway, there was this huge... Alexandra Palace is, a, is, is the legendary place where the BBC had the, the big transmitting mask, right? Okay. And there's a, there's a communist newspaper, socialist newspaper here called The Morning Star, right? Which is yeah. kind of independent in its own way. Obviously, it's got a left bias, but it's not... It's like, it's like Bernie Saunders. It hasn't got outside funding, Right, okay, right. That can, can pull back on their debt, kind of thing. So, anyway, they were, it was a fundraiser for them. And the bill was like us, the au pairs, the raincoats, the slits, John Cooper Clark is a wicked, wicked guy, wow. blah, 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 blah. A legendary bill for that period, legendary post punk bill, right? Yeah. I'm, when I was looking at the footage last night, Ari was just behind the amps dancing with like a 14 year old Nana Cherry. To, I don't know how she could dance to that mad music, but she was dancing into the pop groups, so Ari from the Slits, right? So, anyway, as we were. The, when, when we just. I was living. Remember when you, when you were in Berlin and that guy was making that on off documentary about me? And you, Tony, we, Tony. Tony, right? We filmed you talking about the pop group, right? Right. In that period, that was kind of the period when I was starting to talk to everybody about reforming. So, me and Gareth. We're talking and we're saying we're trying to we would we've been trawling across the world in that two year period. There was a guy in America who ran ran a pop group fan site called called Dixon who electrocuted himself or something. Right. Oh, in been, Texas. Right. Yeah. yeah. But we were gathering stuff from Japanese bootlegs, blah, blah, blah. So we got like a, a big archive of stuff. Right. But this boys whose head exploded, exploded compilation is the prime live stuff from the how much longer period and it's there were these legendary gigs in 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 germany which german people say kind of kick-started the kind of german no wave scene right sure so so it's they're legendary concerts i mean it's live recordings but we spent a lot we're not you know we spent ages going through tapes cleaning up thrusts you know and then suddenly Mark, mark i'm a little confused uh you're talking about the album but i was kind of wondering before we got to that about this movie no, the movie. There's a short DVD which is in, which is with the record. Oh, okay, now I understand. So it's a CD DVD. You got to hold me by the hand. You got to hold me by the hand and guide me here, Mark. I'm a little okay. confused. Okay, so basically, there's the compilation, the boys whose head exploded, which right. I just explained. Which it's is a collection of bootleg tunes. In fact, yeah. I heard of, it was the popgroup.net site. Yeah, I love that stuff from Finland. Stuff yeah. from Germany. But, yeah. yeah, there's one called Shadow Street, which is which is from the last ever pop group concert in Finland when the guitarist John Waddington got so drunk he got off stage and started throwing bottles at his own band. Oh, whoa. 
<laughs> Adios. You know what? Have you have you ever done that? No, 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 no. My guys, the guys I play, they would be throwing those bottles back. Uh, he, I think this guy's living in Southern California. No, that's he's an imposter. Somebody. Oh, somebody okay. Him. I heard about him when I was in, the, in L.A. Crazy story. There's an imposter. Wow. Somebody passed, and there was somebody in Japan passing themselves off as me. It is just bizarre. Was he tall? I, I've never met the fella. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's pop group imposters. That's somebody incredible. pretending to be John Waddington in in in, in America, dining wow. out on disaster. <laughs> because he he's the only non. Because you have a young man taking his place when I saw you play there in Silver. Yeah, John, he's still a mate and he's still kind of consulting and stuff, but he's not touring. No, John's okay. he, he's cool. He's in Bristol. He's yeah, he's, he's but he's not in the in the in the live setup. No. Yeah, yeah, it was that young man. But the pop group is an open door, like Simon, the first bass player. He's sure, sure. It's but, our own. We own it all. Do you know what I mean? Sure, sure. So anyway, so anyway, um, so you got this collection of gigs, and that's then, that collection then there's of gigs. this footage then, then, from then the last bit. minute. Right then, at the last minute, the the thing is, as you're becoming more and more visible, yeah, people kind of say, "Oh, I've got this, and I've got that." With Facebook and Twitter and stuff, people are like sending us like lots of ephem- ephemera tapes, blah 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 blah. Yeah. Right, Gareth lives with Jeanette Lee, who who is in Public Image, right? Oh yeah, the 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 uh, cello. Yeah, my first ever. And she runs Rough Trade now with Jeff Travis, the Rough Trade label. My first ever experience of kind of the London scene was in 1974. I persuaded my mum and dad. I was like 13. I persuaded my mum. I pretended to my mum and dad that I wanted to go to the Natural History Museum. I got them to drive up to London. I got them to wait around the corner in Kings Road. I'd read about this shop called Acme Attractions, which was selling 50s clothes, supposedly. Right? I wanted, a, I wanted like a zoot suit. Right. They were around the corner. I went into. The, I walked into this basement. Jeanette Lee, yeah, that period was behind the counter. Don Letts was sat on a scooter, dressed in Beatles clothes. They they started they started selling Beatles clothes. I'd missed this. I'd missed fifties <laughs> revival. Well, they were already into the sixties revival in London. All right. Uh, I bought some pink, pink. I bought a, like Tab would love them. I bought a pair of pink zoot suit trousers, pink pegs. We call them. Yeah. Uh, blah 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 blah. And then I went to Bieber's and bought a pair of uh, gold Wellington boots, but they didn't. <laughs> was that the first time you met Don Letts? Yeah, it's the first time I ever saw. First He's time in I really clothes on a scooter. He was sat on a scooter, right? Okay. From that thing, from that, from from that evolved into then. Malcolm had a shop up the road called Let It Rock, selling Teddy Boy stuff. There was a guy in Bristol. Ah, uh, there who, was a who, fake who Let It Rock. Amen Corner. Right, who started buying stuff off Malcolm and from the Acme Attractions. Alan, he was a sax player in Eamon Corner. He became the pop group. So he was in charge of the Bristol sort of scene, right? It's always, it, was always, it was often centered around clothes shops or record shops, these little scenes, right? Sure. So anyway, so Jeanette and Don have been friends forever. Don also was really close to the slits, right? So Don's living down the road from Gareth or something. Don phones up Gareth and says, "Have you got any footage? Have you got any? Have you got any recordings from Alexandra Palace from this legendary festival?" Yeah. Gareth said, "Yeah, we just we've just been going through them to find the best stuff. We've just been going through that whole period for, for this compilation." He's going, "Why?" And he's going, "Because I'm showing this punk, post-punk compilation at the, Brist- at the British Film Institute, and the sound I've got off my camera." It was just a Super 8 camera he used for all those punk rock movies. Sure. It's not that good. If, if you've got better quality, can I have it? So we just gave it to him, then, yeah. right? And then when we were thinking about his compilation, I said to Shirin, look, this 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 stuff's about... And she, she just thought, oh, 
amazing. So there's, I think it's about a 20 minute little, it's all cut. It's rough. It's like a Kenneth Anger film. There's, there's like bits of hair on the film. Do you know what I mean? It's proper, <laughs> like super eight stuff, but the sound's amazing. I was just listening to it just now. And the fo- seven, and seven and a half minutes. Sorry, Mike, I've just been corrected by the, the voice of that's, doom. That's what she's for. <laughs> um, and, uh, it's, it is, I cannot believe, I know, I know we're mad now and I know what kicks off, you know, when, we're, when we're near each other now, they're kind of mad energy, but looking, looking at that back, looking, you know, I would be a pop group fan it is, it is demented. I mean, the only band near it is this crazy Japanese band called the Incapacitants or something who pretend to be in wheelchairs and just make mad. <laughs> this is, this is beyond, this is, I mean, Gareth is going mental. He's jumping up and not in a rock and roll sort of way. It's like he's having a fit. <laughs> everybody's, it's like everybody's playing a different tune at the same time. Okay, that's that's happening. Yeah, we, we I, I shouldn't say this because I know I'm trying to sell records or something, but we were we were we we we, we couldn't believe our eyes when we. It is it is one of the most amazing documents, and and if you giggle, that's yeah. part of it. Good. And you know what? You were probably inspired by the people you shared the stage with that day. Yeah, to a certain extent, to a certain extent. But we personally, I'm not being rude about the English. I, I was always into. I, I, I was more interested. I was always listening to black music myself. I, I didn't listen to a lot of apart from like television and 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 the dolls and stuff. I didn't really, I didn't really check a lot of that sort of stuff. We, we were listening to bloody Albert Ayler and Don Cherry those in those days, you know, and, and a lot of reggae in the van. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I hear the influences of the music, but I'm yeah. talking about on that day. You had to work the room or the, whatever, the field. Yeah, there was competition, which was great. A little yeah, bit like that, in a healthy way. I'm talking about a healthy way, not yeah. sports, you know. The au pairs, I like, I've got a lot of time for the au pairs. And John Cooper Clark, is, he's yeah. like Tad Falco. He's a, he's, a, he's a British one-off. He's got he's a radio a... show like Iggy here now on, on Radio 6, like same as Mark Riley stuff. He's oh, is that right? Oh, yeah, yeah, poet, John Cooper Clark, classic. I remember him in pointy shoes. Yeah, he's still got them. <laughs> and that kind of Bob Dylan... Uh, Haircut and the glass. Yeah, it's and, exactly and, and, and the, the same. The guy's a wordsmith. Yeah. I mean, he can flow with the verbiage. He's a dude. He Play flow. some of his stuff if you... If so you so what you wanted to do then was make this little seven and a half minute thing kind of a component of the package. Okay. Yes. I understand now. Because yeah. I think John Letts actually did a documentary on the movement because I was asked to talk for... And in fact, there was two volumes. Yeah, Attitude. Okay. Punk Attitude. Or that's something. it. Yeah. That's it. Legendary, legendary. I remember the Roxy who was always around. Yeah, legendary footage of the clash and everything. But this was a, we were a bit later, you know. Sure, sure. And I, I remember talking in that thing and made one of the biggest mistakes in my life. My, I let my ma talk me into letting her put color in my hair to make it brown. She goes, Michael Watt, you play for younger people. Now, when I look at that footage, it looks like I'm wearing a fucking hat. I would never do that again. Which foot is where? What um, on is Don Letts' Attitude Punk, there's a volume two that brings in the U.S. hardcore. Oh, right. And I'm wearing what is this. It? Okay. I got okay. hair with fucking black dye in it, and it looks like I'm wearing a hat. All right. So that was a kind That's of That's Minutemen. Well, but, but I wasn't Minutemen. I was a guy in his 50s talking about that with dyeing my fucking hair. Oh, he had interview stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that he, yeah. With, with that the... really annoys me. That Oh, right, it's a recent footage. What's, we've got yeah. this channel here, BBC4, which has kind of cool music documentaries, and they're making sure. a lot of new... new and friends of mine work, but they made a good thing about New York and whatever. But the problem... 
I was watching a thing about Joy Division the other day that they made themselves, right? Yeah. There's some, even if it's grainy, really shitty footage or old recordings, there's some, suddenly something comes up and there's this, Ian Curtis was a good lad. I mean, we were running, power, if, there, if we did have any kind of contemporaries, it was Joy Division, really, for me and the kind of Manchester crew. I mean, certain ratio of our mates and whatever. It was that, I felt at home in like the factory and the Russell Club and Tony Wilson, all that. They, what, they what were about Mark, those Manchester What about Mark kids, Perry? Right? What about Mark Perry? Was he a contemporary? Yeah, yeah, Mark's okay. a good lad as well. Yeah, sniffing glue was a whole thing. It showed you where to sure. put the... Yeah, how to play the chords. But the <laughs> thing is about these these films is they have an amazing bit of footage that you've never seen before sure. and never heard of and you really want to get into it. Yeah. Suddenly, there's a, there's either a voiceover. You can't hear the music. There's right. a voiceover. It, or they cut to like a kitchen with a, a fat version of the, of the person <laughs> 30 years later, ruining the music. It's really lame. I, I, I know exactly what you mean, Mark. That's terrible. So we put it out raw. You know. Do it raw. So you yeah. have the, you have the a document. Punk, a punk. Yeah, you have the document. You don't have this kind of... Exactly. It's like... You know what that reminds me of? Like if you went into a art gallery and you had the little work hanging on the bulkhead there and the explanation was about 50 times the size of the work yeah you know the little spiel they put the little words yeah yeah it's it's really ridiculous they, they get everything out of context and then you don't and you at, shouldn't half the point of what we're doing yeah it's not it's not meant to be defined it's not meant to be analyzed that's right if we were go- if i was going to explain something to somebody i'd become a political theorist or, or i'd become an orator yeah. The point of art is because somebody said to me, I got his con- I had his concept of something about oh, a city of eyes, right? A new song I'm working on or something. Dan said to me, oh, what's that about? And I'm saying, well, that isn't the point. Do you understand what I'm saying? Or is it like yeah, absolutely? The, the title of the thing is the boys whose head exploded, yeah. right? And so people are trying to interpret that in whatever way. The more interpretations, the better. You know, I absolutely. remember with Bowie lyrics, you'd sit and a lyric would mean something else, and how the lyric is sung next to another lyric. That's part of the thing. Something means it means something different to you every day. Sure. Music should be like a nutri- nutrient, you know. Absolute. Absolute. But you know how the, the this human thing about wanting to nail things down and stiff them up and label it and bollocks. codify it. Yeah, bollocks. Bollocks. It's bollocks. It can bollocks. grow. It can be. It can be organic. I've, I've, I saw some footage of, uh, footage of Debussy himself playing the piano. Do you know what I mean? It's gonna. Oh, yeah. That's the point. That's why he's playing the piano. If he that's wanted to right. talk to you about fucking ergonomics or something, that's why he, he talked to you. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Absolutely. It's the mis- It's the mystery. Can I? Can I, I, I want to go over the songs. I Pardon? Play, I, I want to go over the songs on the new record. These live uh, things, because not just for the song, but. Can you, when you hear the songs, do you remember the gigs? I don't really. Sometimes, yeah. Some, like, yeah. Sometimes like, I remember the for gigs. Example, but the weirdest, the weirdest thing is sometimes the actual lyrics mean something to me in that week. It's like I'm giving some. It's, it's like something has floated across, and my younger self is giving me very useful advice or something. It's like I think in life you pick up little fragments of like lines. It's yeah. like a jigsaw, and then suddenly, oh, that what I was thinking about then, then fits with something I just found out now. Or do you know what I mean? Absolutely. This first one here I want to play is uh, Milano in 1980. You guys do we all we are all prostitutes. Can you remember that gig? Yes, there were caged lions. Whoa! <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
we went down to Italy. There was a there was a guy called Red Ronnie. We, Italy was very radical in those days, right? Sure. I mean, it's, sure. it's bits of it still are. There was this thing called the Autonomous Movement. Sure. And there was a, there was a radio station run by these lesbians called Radio Free Alice, which got right. machine guns, right? And all these there was all these crazy stuff going on in Italy. We went down there and did a kind of like the Alexandra Palace thing which was against the Tory party. We went down there and did this kind of union rally thing. Yeah, we, right? we, we Bologna. Call, Bologna we, was incredible. We call as these part things... Of the same uh, tour, we were on tour with the Slits. As part of the same tour, we went to this club called Odyssey 2000 in Milan. Sure, it's a, it was a disco. It's the first time I ever played in, in Italy with Black Flag and Minutemen. It turned into a huge riot. Yeah. It was a disco, and there were like... There were... There were... There were... There was, on one of the nights, they'd have like these 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 lions without any teeth, like in cages, but with dancing girls. But it was like something from <laughs> Studio Fifty Four. I expected Bianca Jagger to ride on naked in a, in a white horse, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like Michael. It was, it was that party monster guy, Michael Alec, whatever. Crazy, 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 crazy. And we were singing about like decadence and feed the hungry. And it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a disco, but it's like here. The, that's, that's the space a promoter could have got. Could have got. But Italy, Italy, Italy's cr- was was Italy had more effect on me, I think, than than we had on Italy. Not that I know. I mean, we've got we've got we've got a big following in Italy, and there's some, there was an incredible no wave movement in Italy. Which there's only a few compilations that have come out, but there was some great stuff coming out of that there in that period, right? Absolutely. And also, my favourite thing is there's this thing called um, Italo Disco, right? Right. Which is kind of I mean, Bobby O and some of the kind of gay community got into it, but there's and something called Cosmic Funk. Right, which is Italian session musicians kind of making weird library music for Dario Argento or something like Goblin, <laughs> but it's funky. Yeah, cool shit. Seventies. Yeah, uh, yeah. Our gig actually, the kids thought that they were asking too much money for the tickets, so they wouldn't go in. And there was kind of a, you know, the people running that pad were not that together. They set thugs out to beat people, but the yeah. kids kept solidarity and they actually brought down the price. I'd never. And have yet to be at a gig like that where Brilliant. the kids took control. Uh, okay, can we talk about the if two? If the kids are united, that's what was his name, Percy. Uh, if the kids are united, Jimmy Percy, <laughs> right? But uh, what about the tune? We're the tune, prostitutes. Yeah, it, it never was an uh, album; it was a single, right? Yeah, but we put it on this on the last week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm, I'm out, talking about in the... like a month and a half ago or something. Yeah, no, it was but never, I'm talking about never... in the day, Mark. Pardon? In the day, back when it was released. I mean, again, if for me, it's like it was a, you know, I'm, 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 I'm that soldier. But I'm today. I'm thinking about the tunes I'm writing today, right? Yeah, absolutely. But it's, this this basic kind of this basic kind of declar- declaration that we are all prostitutes and that cap- capitalism is the most barbaric of all religions. Yeah, lines from is basically for me. It's owning your own place in the world. And the problem is with the West. Yeah, I'm not trying to be preachy or anything here, but I kind of realized at that age when I was writing that song for myself, and I'm not preaching to anybody else, but we're it's our fault a lot of these things are happening you know it's our fault that we're, we're stealing these resource wars we want cheap petrol or cheap plastic absolutely. or cheap absolutely. you know so it's our fault that these we're, we're destabilizing governments to get resource you know because no, often people think politics is something which is not to do with us but it's because we want cheap goods or the luxury in the west the british empire was built on exploitation you know I'm not saying that in a guilt kind of way but when you're 16 17 and you're finding out the real history of the world, it blows your mind. Yeah. 
Now, I remember me and D-Boo getting that 45, and it blew our minds. Uh, we, uh, I mean, the words, what you're talking about, but also the I mean, we were, we, we were amazed. How do you write a song like that? Musically, what, what did you give them the line, or did somebody come up with a bass lick? No, it's basically it's like we're doing the same sort of thing yesterday. It comes so, that one came from a groove. It okay. comes from a Bo Diddley groove, really. We really, Bo Diddley. So basically, when we were young, you could practice like three or four times a week. So we just get get a load of cider <laughs> and and sell it to smoke, and just go in a room and pretend we're in a club or a party, and just make some grooves and just jump around and enjoy. It. You know, we we when we first our first rehearsal, we were just completely drunk, playing "I Want to Be Your Dog" for like four hours. We didn't even realize all that time had gone. You know, uh, that's amazing. So basically, it's a groove. It's a groove. Okay, let's, the thing let's, is, let's, being let's, from Bristol, funk and reggae were as important to us as as rock. You yeah. know, rock was a bit for your older brothers and like Dwayne <laughs> Alvin or whatever. Funk okay. was what we went out and, and got into and kind of jumped about to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, let's listen to it right now. We are prostitutes. Everyone has their pride.
Pedro show. That was uh, We Are All Prostitutes off the new uh, pop. This guy album. is a nutter. Help! Somebody just phoned up. Phoned me up. Get the guy off the, get off, get off the line. The train's coming. <laughs> uh, the Boy Whose Head Exploded, which we're not going to define. We're going to leave it to you people, but that's the lead track. And it, uh, in the, the day when me and D Boom first started, it came off a single. And the other side was very interesting also. It was uh, basically reading a Amnesty International torture report over some incredible uh, improvised uh, avant-garde. I don't know. It was wild music. I mean, there was no, no licks. In fact, there's some cello on that, I think. Yeah. Well, the cello on that is this legendary guy called Tristan Honsinger, right? Okay. Me, me and Gareth Sager would go and see, like, really out there, free jazz guys. Like, there's a guy here called Derek Bailey who sure. had prepared guitar, right? Yeah, Beyond respect. Fred Frith, right? And the resident's got a lot of ideas from. But we were really drawn to this drummer called Han... I really like Peter Brotsman at the moment, right? Right. But we were really drawn to this drummer called Han Bennett. Han, Han Bennett. Bennett. I, I got to guy, play right? with him once in Tokyo. Shut up. Man is amazing. He told oh, me about, he told me about playing with God. Wes Montgomery. Eh? He told me about playing with Wes Montgomery. That cat has been around, and he can work a room, man. That's much, cool. much respect cool to Han as well. Bennett. That whole, that, he, that, it blew our heads. It blew our heads. And this guy called Paul Motion is like, completely honestly blew. We were Paul Motion. Oh, yeah. Petra just, you know, he just passed away, but she got to make an album with him. That's interesting. That Wow. Okay, so this was coming from the free jazz influence on that. Okay. Not on that. Not on the, not on the rhythm. So what, what, again, I mean, we, 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 no, we, I'm talking about we, amnesty number yeah, two. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's Tristan that's playing at the beginning of World Prostitutes. Oh yeah, that's right. He's on that too. Okay, he's yeah. on both sides. So we saw these things, and like, like when we want to crash genres with funk and punk and reggae or whatever, we just thought that we can bring the spirit of, of we get Tristan in the studio with Dennis Bavel and whatever. And just and try and capture some of his essence. I did it with Kenneth Anger, which I'm going to try and do it with Cecil Taylor next, right? Yeah. It's like you can just—it's brilliant. You, you're not allowed having a, a session musician or get. You're just trying to get the person's character and squeeze it into the get, make it make some sparks. Yeah. So Tristan was like just doing. He just goes off on one. He starts like he starts he starts jumping up and down doing that sense <laughs> stuff, telling like mad stories where he's playing the, the guy's a legend. What what are the Asian voices? Those Balinese chants, are the Balinese monkey chants from Bali. Yeah, I hear that when I, they one, did... of my, one of my one of one of one of the kind of things I live by is there's this thing in there's a saying in Bali, right? Because this whole thing about you know, because for us punk was kind of it was it was an enabling thing. It wasn't about wanting to become an artist or become something bigger than somebody else. It was about everybody kind of rising up and having having a power that was denied to us. It was, it, was, Absolutely. It, was, it was enabling, right? So we were never, for us, the audience was more as important as the people in the band. It's this kind of sure. anti-star complex. Sure, right? sure. Yeah, yeah. I like it. And so there's this saying in Bali, right? It says, we have no art. We do everything well. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know what I heard, too? Uh, when they dance, the eyeballs are really important. Yeah. And because uh, I helped Perry Farrell out with Porno for Pirates for a little bit, another lucky thing for Watt. And he yeah. had a tune called Bali Eyes. Right. And he showed me the eye thing. It was, it was intense. I think everybody's got something to teach everybody else. If we could just let go of such weird things. Yeah, but a lot of people think, a lot of, a lot of 
because the, the difference between a kind of artist and a kind of a, a kind of activist or somebody who gets engaged, right, is a lot of artists think they're doing something by just reflecting on something after the fact, right? Ah, yeah. But I prefer, you know, but the people I like are kind of are kind of futurologists, people are dreaming something new. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Absolutely, can, absolutely. Kind of, it's up to us to kind of dream the future. And and, be, and leave something interesting for people before us, because Tristan Zara, the Dada people, people sure, sure. for us. Otherwise, we'd be in a, we'd be in caves, you know. That's right. And there's also something to be said about being engaged in the moment. Yeah. The because, spectacular now. Because yeah, you're right. There was last shift, Mr. Zara, uh, Marinetti, you know. Uh, Breton, Monsieur Breton. Yeah. But then there's also going to be the next shift. But me and you. We're of this shift, so I think it's important to be engaged in the moment. Yeah, and to see what's going on now, yeah, and to and to make you know, and to and and to say to say whatever, and you know, it's, but we we're just part of the we're just part of the tapestry. We're not more important or less important because people come up to you and you say they say, "What do you think of this?" and "What do you think of that?" I'm thinking, well, why are they asking me? Why would they think I knew? You know, or yeah. with my lyric writing, all I do is. We make the music as, as exciting as we can, and pick and and pick and match like those weird sweets in the supermarket, and crash yeah. genres, and just make crazy sparks for our own devices, for sure. our own kind of pleasure. And often with lyrics, I just looking at things that are interesting in the day, mad science, you know, s- secret technology, back engineered psychic archaeology, blah blah, just things that that excite me that I'm interested in, forbidden history, whatever, and I throw that into the into the mix and we and we mash it all up. It's not like somebody's dictating something from a high, you know. Yeah, I think that's very important. What about this uh gig in Cologne, nineteen eighty? Because oh, the next tune wow. is Justice. And uh, this song was really intense on me and D Boom tune. Justice you know, who guards the guards? I mean Mr Snowden in Mo- Moscow right now, right? Uh talking about uh yeah, eavesdropping on the journalists or something. I was reading in the Guardian or something. I mean, Crazy these issues—we're talking thirty-five, thirty-six-year-old recordings. I know we're getting reviews here now of that of of that whole period, saying how relevant it is to whatever's going on now. Ain't blah, that blah, a blah, trip? Blah. But again, it was just me reflecting what was going on. I was coming up to London. I was going to. There were a lot of problems with 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 fascists marching in this. There's an Indian area called Southall, and it was a really cool reggae band. They're still going. They're called Misty and Roots, right? And yeah. somebody, either the police or somebody, attacks this kind of community reggae band, and so all the le- all the kind of anti-fascist rock against racism people would try and stop them marching through these Indian areas, right? Yeah. And it was, you know, uh, a teacher, Blair Peach, got killed somehow in one of the in one of the in one of the demos, right? I remember standing as he was being as he was being buried with a raised fist, singing the Internationale, right, with all these helicopters circling overhead. So oh. it's kind of reflecting exactly what was going on that week. That the life stuff on this boy's whose head exploded. A lot of it is from the how much longer do we tolerate mass murder? Sure, sure. Theory, right? Which is a, that another record. I see is a document with all the posters and stuff, which were in the reissues. It's kind of a document of what was happening that month and that week. Well, do you and, remember and, that and gig? Kind of reflecting on it. Do you remember that gig in Cologne? Yeah, that's kind of an artist town for Germany. It's kind of what artist town. Yeah, well, higher, higher. Now, Hamburg was the kind of artist town. Yeah, okay. but what I remember a lot about Cologne is sometimes I don't know if you get this, Mike. But sometimes after a gig, you're really hyper. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> because you've been kind of sat around all day, and you want to, you've got to go out and kind of have your thing or kind of discharge your energy. I end up in some like you know, I end up in some like Gabba club in Rotterdam, just on my own, banging or in Japan, or just in the Richie, just in some bass pins or something, just 
decompressing. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's what so, the bourbon's for. Well, yeah, but I can't. I get a bad hangover. I'm not too. I'm not. Too, I get a bit leery when I've had a beer. I'm too no, big. No, okay. it's a like, joke, Mark. That was a joke, Mark. That's a joke. I get. Why well, gets to tempt those sometimes too? Hey, I get to attempt funny sometimes also. Okay, but if, be listening. If it's brown, it's going down. So anyway, so after the gig, you had to decompress. Leave the comedy of the English. <laughs> <laughs> Bro and I, Mr. Beam. Okay, okay, Mr. Beam. So what? So what? Ha- what happened after this gig in Cologne? So I just went. I just. I just started wandering around. Right. I don't was. And the, and the, and 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 the, and the and the and the sun came up. Right. And I was in this kind of new sort of. I felt a bit kind of craft walk. I was in this kind of new kind of built kind of straight motorway. Those where I was somewhere on the edge of town in like Technoville. Right? Well, was wandering that, around. Yeah, they weren't from too far away in Dusseldorf. I found yeah, I yeah, found yeah, the Kling yeah. Klang studio. I went searching. I found it. It's it's not marked. It's all hidden. They're very uh, mysterious, you know. Yeah. Well, we were gonna we were gonna get Connie Plank to produce some pop group stuff. Wow. I know. I know. So anyway, I was wandering around. I was wandering around this thing, and there was no there was no traffic to be seen. It was dawn, right? Okay. But it was. It was like one of those Dawn of the Dead films. Two people appeared. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying this against Germany because it happens all over the world. It happens in London. Two people appeared. And this just kind of shows kind of zombification of society back in back then, you know. Yeah. And was like reminiscing about the 70s. And I was going, well, it's just, it's people know a lot more now, kind of thing. Anyway. Um, and uh, these people were just, I don't know where they were going. They were cleaners or going to work or whatever, right? Yeah. You could see the you could see the road for miles away. There was nothing about. There was a little green man on the crossing, a, a red man. They stood and they waited for the, for the crossing to change. You could see from my, that sh- you know. They were going to tra- obey the traffic rule. Okay. Oh. Yeah, Ample Man, I think they call that little... Well, I think he was in the East, but they still use him in Berlin. Oh, one's got a hound, isn't he? And they've got a bear. Right. Yeah, yeah. I've got a lot of time for... I, I, love, when I, was, I, like, I like Germany. I, 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 could, I lived there for like three or four years. It's cool, man. Remember, we, is, we, spent eight so hours, we spent eight hours together in Berlin once. Fantastic. It was righteous. Let's listen to Justice from Cologne, 1980. <laughs>
Yeah, but let me tell you this too. It's not just that bass lick. The counterpoint, when they bring in those little harmonics on the guitar, bing, 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 right. bing, bing, gong, ging, 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 and then you, then you fade the bass out, and that takes over the end. I mean, that, that, that was some, that's some sound sculpture. That was beautiful. And we and mixed it ourselves. At the same time, I mean, you're we talking were like, about... We were, we were 18, 19, 20, you know. I know, I know. I, I, when you told me that, it blew my fucking mind. <laughs> And then at the same time, yeah, Mr. Pe- Peach getting killed and uh, people kicked in the balls. And yeah. I mean, it's, it's trippy how you brought all that things together. But- it's just all I'm doing is I'm saying people say, people say that why was it was a kind of poetic album, right? And that how much longer is a kind of political album? And I don't understand what the hell they're saying because I, I was exactly the same people. And for me, no, 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 it's, it's not. Like performance art, reading out about what. It's not exactly it's like the, the same, though, Mark. Reading out about what's happening in front of your face is more honest than talking about flowers. Do you know what I mean? It's like... Yeah, but it's not exactly the same. When people ask me the difference, because I get this asked all the time, what's the difference between the two pop group albums? It's the bass players. Okay, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Don't overlook that, brother. All right. <laughs> we are not totally expendable people. <laughs> you must be schizophrenic. You're speaking on behalf of all the bass players in your head. <laughs> To me, I, that's where I hear the main difference. But you're right; it is the same band, it's the same heart. It's just, yeah, and I had a song. I had a song on the on the first album, Why called "Don't Call Me Pain," and the lyric right. was "Don't Call Me Pain." I love My it. name is Mystery, love it, love it. and that's bloody whatever. You know, it's all you know, whatever. I love that song. That song yeah. is intense. Also, yeah. the sequence. Yeah, maybe it is more poetic record. But you know what, the, uh, Greg Ginn, you know the Black Flag guy, he loved that album. Oh, cool! If you, can you imagine hardcore being influenced? No, I can't, there's, that is a crazy thing about the pop group. You get these people coming out. It's, it's happening now with all these young, young kids and dance kids. It's just, I don't know. They just get the openness or something. I tell you who I did see. Who was a, who was the first? Is it Keith, one of the singers from Black Flag? He's the first singer, and then he made. A I band saw called, his band. Is Circle it Jerks. Off? It's called Off now. The new band. Yeah. Oh, incredible! Yeah, I saw him like four, four or five years ago. Best thing I've heard. Best thing I've heard for ages. Oh well, yeah, yeah. I just got to play with him. There. Uh, Wait, you in his band? No, I ain't in his band. He's got Jeff uh, from Red Cross on bass. Wow. But uh, I got oh, to, so I got guys, to share a bill with him. Pardon? I got to share a bill with him. Great. That's cool that you guys phone each other and stuff. You know, and everybody starts playing. Yeah, that's cool. Well, you know, that's why one of the reasons I call it a movement. It's more than one band. It's one more than yeah. one person. Everybody yeah. has their own take, and like we were saying earlier, you don't copy people, but you do get inspired. Yeah, and you encourage, and people encourage, yeah, encourage you. That's the word. Amongst, it's like a gang. Have you heard of this lot from De- Detroit? Is it called Pyrolator or something like that? Pyrolator. I forgot what the name is. There's some cool. There's a new. There's a cool lot coming out of Detroit. I forgot what. It's I, coming I, out of Detroit. Yeah, well, I know Dirt Bombs. They're, they're great. No, no, this I, is this, this is recent, very recent. They just played over here at Underclub. I've got the name, but they're called something like Pyrolator. Pyrolator? That's a yeah, trippy name. Yeah, I think I've got the name wrong. I'll tell you next time, Mike. Okay, and uh, yeah, I'll check it out. You know, somebody once told me the only thing new is you finding out about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the residents are touring again, a, a smaller yeah. piece version. Yeah. Those guys, you know, they're in their 70s. 
this heat, this heat, the Charles and Charles and Charles, the two Charleses from this heat start doing a this heat set called "This is not this heat." <laughs> this is not. This is not this heat. This heat. This heat. Like the, the, yeah, the best bad. Charles Hayes. Oh, oh, like I remember this better. heat. I remember this heat. Yeah. We we shared bills with them. They were brilliant, and they helped us with our early sessions. They were like a bit older than us, but we felt close to them. Wicked bad. Oh, and what was the was the label United Dairies? Because there no, was a, United Dairies is something to do with cum transmissions, which is something to do with Robin Crystal. And something to do with lemon kittens. Yes. Uh, Alex I and, love those yeah, records. Yeah. They're the most insane records. Yeah. <laughs> and just, then there was what a, a Blood Brother. But what was that, you know, some cool things. Some Carl oh, uh, Shock-Headed Peters. That's what they turned in. Shock-Headed Peters. Yeah. Yeah. A friend of mine. That Tony from Berlin was, was he's doing some more stuff, that shock Yeah, cool. Oh, man. Is that a trip? Okay, hey, we're at the end of the first hour, April 17, 2016, the Dishwap Peter Show, special guest Mark Stewart. Hold tight for hour two. April 17, 2016, it's the second hour, the Pedro Show.
pointy shoes. I was the man. <laughs> you were the man. Uh, people out there, we started the second hour off with How Much Longer, which is from the album of the same name, but this is a live version from Cologne in 1980 off this new release, The Boy with Exploding Head. The Boys Whose Head Exploded. Yeah, sorry. The boy, I paraphrased. The Boys Whose Head Exploded. <laughs> Don't get creative on <laughs> Yeah, I know. That was fucked Show up. That, that was fucked up. Right, right, right. <laughs> Don't think, boy, do. That's what my pop would say. Okay. <laughs> uh, can you tell me about that tune? That tune was a heavy tune. Well, this again is part for me the com- my coming of age, right? Yeah. Again, some you know whatever the my rite of passage was realizing what planet I was living on, you know, because I don't I don't know if that happens to other people, but suddenly at, uh, at an age, a young age, you just what was going on was there was this there's this there's this amazing journalist here called John Pilger, right? Yeah, a, a kind of activist journalist, right? Yeah, and he was trying the the the, the kind of cool kind of newspaper here is called the Daily Mirror, right? And they've always had campaigning stuff on it. My brother's girlfriend works for it now, right? Okay. He was trying to get this stuff published about Pol Pot and Cambodia, right? right. People knew. People knew that the killing fields were going on, but they weren't letting the information out, right? S- somehow, he got into, he got in there, and, and these the, so there were these front covers, and I put, I put it on some of the posters and the thing, just these pictures of all these skulls, like, piled up from Pol Pot, yeah. right? yeah. And I was like, I realized that, you know, people go on holiday in Cambodia. I realized that Cambodia is, is, is not that far away, really. You know, you know, and I think, it, what the fuck is going on? America was involved, blah, blah, blah. It was all like, it was the French Empire, French imperialist place, you know. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on? And why will nobody read this? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Why are people trying to say it's nothing to do with us? It's our fault. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we just. When when people were saying, you know, it came to this, you know, what's the next song? All I had to say was, how much longer do we tolerate mass murder? That's 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 what that's what I had to say. That's what I've got to say now. I mean, it's blatant. It's obvious. Yeah, I think people get kind of confused with this idea. This shit can be justified. You were talking about cheap products, you know, justifying certain kinds of behavior in the last hour. Yeah. Uh, what about the sounds, that bubbling stuff? <laughs> <laughs> no. That's a sauerkraut. That's a foreign food. Uh, but it wasn't That's you guys. You bring that chili bell. Yeah, but it wasn't you guys doing bong hits, well, right? Because, yeah, you know, we thought coming. That was you. Yeah, coming from San Pedro, California, we thought you guys were doing bong hits. <laughs> that comes from the friction. That was me rubbing against Gareth's hind legs. Bubbling. Bubbling. <laughs> okay. Well, bubbling notes, I, I'm not sure. We, I think they had a wasp. I think they had a little tiny wasp synthesizer, maybe. Oh, it's a, It's not really water. It's a synthesizer. Okay, okay. It's very... Well, there's, there's a water noise on <laughs> But But that's the sounds, you know, I got to tell you. It's, that's it's, a squat from the fans pogoing. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the studio one. The live one, they don't really have... Oh, the studio one. Oh, yeah, we were doing all sorts of shit. We were doing... Oh, one of the things is we we had these children's kind of toys. We had this. We had this. There's a, a, a big plastic like an air conditioning tube. We used to used to better buy in toy shops. So if you swirl around your head, it kind of go. Ooh. Oh yeah, you hear that? Yeah, yeah. We had all, all sorts. It's of It's really interesting collage. I mean, there's so much textures in that tune. It's bitching. We're gonna play something uh, that's a little earlier. This gig you did in Sheffield. 
That's Cabaret Voltaire, right? They, that yeah. band, yeah. In 1979, a song called Blind Faith, which, uh, man, that's a hard charger song. Well, Bl- Blind Faith kind of sums up what we, what I was saying about what we were saying about why people give up their destiny to other people or to politicians. This whole kind of and this blind faith, you know. One of the lyrics, one of the lyrics in that song is "Prophets hunted and imprisoned, while uniformed mass murderers that's become right. heroes." Yeah, and that that's actually that's what I was talking about with uh, Garth's guitar over uh, Dan's bass. It's right, not, it's not, it's not yeah, justice. Yeah, yeah. I fucked up. See, don't ever rely on me as a reliable witness. <laughs> witness? <laughs> I always I'm confuse things. Even though I've heard these things billions of times, I still confuse things. I, I, I think there's too much competition for space in my but head. Confusion comes fresh. <laughs> okay. So, thank you. That's a good uh, defense. Confusion, he say. Confucius, he say. Yeah, right. That's a good defense. I will use that. Thank you, Mark. Let's listen to Blind Faith. Not the band, but the tune. Thank you. 
For Pedro Show, that was justice. And you know what the last no poet said? Yeah, last poet said. No justice, no peace. Well, the last poet said just us. Yes, just us. Right? Too right. Yeah, I just saw a thing on Hustler Convention. Were you influenced by that? Is that Lightning Rod? Yeah. Well, but Jill, that, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good friend of mine. Jalal's wicked. Jalal for the last poets. Yeah, have you seen that bit in that good I've done where they're rapping in the scrapyard? Yeah. Yeah, and Bruce, the drummer, got to play with the Watts Prophets for a while. Wow. I know. Those amazing. guys have, you know, again, it's amazing to be able to work with some of those guys from that period. Legends, one and all. Yeah, much respect, and they're treasures, you know? Yeah. And when, when you start taking cats like that for granted, man, get it together, people. Yeah. What can you tell me about that Sheffield gig? What was that? Because it, it's again, a steel again, town. What was uh, really, really interesting in England at that time okay. was... I, I, I remember talking to Bobby Gillespie from Primal Scream. Yeah, and, right. And you get to hear the kind of influence. For, for us, the Sex Pistols went round, and every place they played concerts, something kicked off. I mean, the, 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 the place was ready. There were lots of boys in different towns in England and girls listening to Metallic KO by Aegean the Stooges, 
early dolls, maybe a bit of music concrete. But, you know, we were all kind of finding out about, about weird shit on our own or in isolation or one or two people at school. But there was nothing going on, really. There was, there was Dr. Feelgood. And Eddie, we talked about this in the last show. Sure, right? sure. But as soon as you got in a band, right, as soon as we started, we started playing other places, we kind of go somewhere where, and we kind of make friends with, you know, I've, I've been friends with the guys from Cabaret Voltaire since then, right? Mally, yeah. Mally, the singer, DJed for us last year before the gig, working with Richard Kirk, you know, amazing guys, right? And they were going, they were going from like 72, 74. And there was some great, there was this band called Vice Verse, and they came out of there, Chack, The Box, amazing. And then it moved on to Fon and now Warp Records and stuff. Sheffield, Sheffield, Malcolm DJ first, Mally, Cabaret Voltaire, not Mally, I've been told of. Mally, um, the bass player in uh, Primal Screen. Yeah. Uh, but Mally's from the Stone Roaches, yeah. I'm talking about Mally, the singer from Cal- Oh, from Cal- oh, oh, yeah, yeah. He was in town when I played there last with Paul Smith. Yeah. Uh, now, good. it was a former steel town that turned into a college town. At that time, it was probably starting to close down as a steel town, right? Yeah, but I'm not sure about this glorification of... Um, I'm not sure about this. I mean, with Detroit, you can... In, in England, we didn't really... We got it this. We got it at the moment. With, with there's this, there's a huge steel thing called Port Talbot, right in Wales, which is closing down. But this kind of there's more to Sheffield. There was there was lots of other stuff going on there. There's railways. Uh, uh, it was a town before steel. Okay. okay. Some of these places, like in Wales, the they got the workforce in after the factory was built. It's like a new, new towns or something. But some of these other towns, there was things going on, and then they diversified into something else. You know. Right. A lot of these places that had cotton mills. There were children working in these in these factories until the forties and fifties. Anyway, blah 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 blah. Jesus. But Sheffield had as was a, it was a one off. People talk about Liverpool or whatever. Sheffield somehow it's where English electronic music, like I was saying, Warp Records, Bleep, all the dance music. It's sure. Sheffield is a kind of hub for that. Okay. And it's like if you talk to the techno guys, Derek May, all those you know, all the Detroit guys, uh, you know, they just they were listening to Human League. They were listening to Cabaret Voltaire. You know. It's very, very weird that that kind of electronic stuff came from like a weird English town. You know, uh, I think also Sheffield Def Leppard. Yeah, well, you would. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I didn't mean to bring that well, up. Angel, okay, Angel Poodle. I didn't mean to bring that up. I heard it was a bass player's band, so you know I had to what? Yeah, I heard it what? was. What? I heard it. No, that's Iron Maiden. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not on Somebody told me that one of those bands, the bass player, runs it. The new wave of British heavy metal. They were the enemy back then, mate. Yeah, they still and are. The they still are. The they still are. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I just. I, I thought there was a bass player in there, but I'm wrong. It's it's Iron Maiden. If I ever meet another cool American musician that I've got to idolize, they start telling me about Cheap Trick and blow their whole... <laughs> you know what Cheap Trick reminded me of? The two Here funny... we go again. Yeah, the two funny guys, the two uh, good-looking guys. That's Slade. Yeah, yeah. Slade Many years before Slade Cheap Trick. Band. They got groomed into becoming a skinhead band. They were, they were getting nowhere. They had a manager who said, they're pretty skinheads. You've got to dress like... They've got an Ambrose Slade. Then he dressed them up as skinheads and they had a hit. Oh, the arrows! <laughs> that shows to go you about the clothes thing. Okay, <laughs> so what about forces of now? Forces of oppression—that's the first song on the studio album. Yeah, and this is coming from a Cologne gig. Uh, I know that song came from a bass lick. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, 
You're talking about what? Oakland? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And there's some man that starts on the album version off a cassette. Yeah. And he's talking about some kind of kind of macho underground, underground yeah. Some problems with the movement of that. Yeah. Yeah. So this is again your young man being aware of things. Yeah, it's a reflection on but that is a kind of unity because again when when you talk about a movement now and for me the you talk about a movement of musicians or whatever, but for me, there's... there's well, I, was there's being, I, was, I was meaning more the movement in Oakland in yeah. the 60s, the, the yeah. Panther movement. Yeah, yeah. But, but now, for example, I feel that there's a huge kind of... There's a huge kind of uh, silent majority of people who are kind of aware, they, they can see through the mirror and aware of what's going on. Yeah. And 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 there's a kind of co- there's a kind of conscious collective, you know. It's it's really weird, and that has to do with the spread of that has to do with music, yeah, right. That has to do with the spread of the internet and kind of cool sites on the internet and and a kind of antidote of of different information because back in the day, information was even more under control. There were denotices and you know there was strict control of what we were allowed, what we were taught at school, yes, what we were allowed yes. to read in the newspapers, what we could see on the telly. Yeah. So now there's like. And people aren't really aware of this. And a lot of the politicians are kind of 20 years out of date. They don't really know what's behind the screens. They don't really know it's a bunch of hippies that built the internet and are running a lot of these cool companies that are running the world. You know what I mean? It's like there's a lot of secret agents actually inside the system at the moment. And the old guard have got no idea what's going on. They're arguing about Cold War concepts that were wrong in the first place. Yeah. They're badly educated, yeah, and they lack any kind of hope or vision. While the cool people are just getting on and building something new, you know, it's well, weird. That's why I'm quite hopeful and optimistic. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, but I am also a little curious about some things I first heard 35 years ago. What is the column 88? That's a right wing. That's 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 a, 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 a extreme right wing group in England. Is that right? Because you juxtapose yeah. it against Return of the Panthers. Yeah. I had no clue. Yeah. Well, in that week, again, in the week I was I've been waiting 35 years to ask you that. With I, a, yeah. I've been waiting 35 years. Actually, had actually regrouped that. Had re-fought, uh, different guys, but the Panthers had actually, there was some, there was some, some there was a problem going on, a housing problem or something, and they'd actually restarted and, and just as I was writing that stuff. Okay. Have you seen that film that came out last, last month? What, what, which film? About the Panthers. Uh, no. Some PBS cool. I they showed know. it over here. It's a cool film, man. You mean there was an English wing of the Black Panther Party? No, 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 okay. no. I'm talking about right and left. I'm talking about different things that were. It's a, it's a montage of what was happening. It's like a newspaper. It's different things. I'm, I said Column 88, right? Yeah, right. And then the Return of Panthers was against. Yeah. It's oppositional. Right, right. I understand that. I understand that. Uh, not now. I never knew who Column 88 was. Where, where were they located? They're, they're English, English, English right wing group, an English right wing group, and then a, a black power group from Oakland, California. So you're you're, you're juxtaposing the two, okay? No, it was just something that was happening that week. It's just I'm just it was just I was just throwing in, you know, I was just saying column something happened column eighty eight. They were involved in something. Then the, the return. Of the, I just thought it was interesting that the return of the Panthers was going. Yeah, it was just yeah. Stuff I was. It's part of the cut up. Well, to me, you you nail it at the end when you say self defense is no offense. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that, that that's something where you could turn a phrase like lightning rod could do in the, yeah. the last poets. Yeah, 
uh, that, that really amazing. Um, that, that also that the extreme mix on the drums with that compression. Yeah. I mean that hi hat. <laughs> that is so wild. Now it, who it, that's a. Uh, it was very Mike they're, back they're then. Diff- they're different now, producers, right? It, you, the look we get from some of these engineers, right? <laughs> because I'm working in the pit, <laughs> not just my bank account, but I live on the edge. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, I drive people mad in social situations and stuff, whatever. But come in the studio, we, we're doing things that you not you know, are you not meant? It's all my jobs worth. You're going to break all my speakers and all. But I know in that red bit, and when you overload ferric oxide, oxide and stuff, when, even in mastering, you can cut, you can get a lot more density. Yeah. Like, me and Adrian Sherwood Adrian call it supersonics, or, you know, you can get a lot more inside that density than people think. And you can actually, you know, you can create chaos where, where on the, right, going right to the edges and then the, it bounces, you know. T- totally. Look, can I tell you a true story? Yeah. Okay. We're going to record double nickels on the dime. Uh, the Minuteman. Actually, we didn't know it was going to be a double ne- album yet, but we start recording. And the thing we bring in to the producer man, the engineer man, Ethan James, who was keyboard player for Blue Cheer later. Oh, wow. After uh, V Vale. And the yeah. song, you know, he we're trying to use words of what we heard. And he's just giving us the Marty Feldman eyes, you know. And So, okay, okay, <laughs> Ethan, we'll go get the, uh, when we bring the record in, we play him that song. <laughs> Words by the pop group. It's called uh, Forces of Oppression. Oh, right. The song you about We play play. that song for him. And we said, is there a way we could go again? He looked at us. We still got the Marty Feldman eyes, but he said, okay, I think I know what you mean. We ended up with 48 songs, right? He mixed all of them in one night. Right. (laughs) So just to show us to go here. Now, um, open-minded dude. Yeah. Well, open-minded, I think you had to be. You got to understand, it, the move, uh, punk movement here was very small. So you only yeah. had kind of true believers in it. There was some jive, but it, there wasn't a lot of merch uh, success. So the people into it were into it. They yeah. didn't have a lot of carpet bagging yet. They were still with yeah. the new waivers. I saw a great documentary about Chicago. I think as Dave Grohl made it of all things. He's doing this in the Sound of the Cities or somewhere. Where he's traveling around different cities. But he got Albini and a load of the guys from Chicago to talk. Oh, yeah. Okay, brilliant documentary about all the interplay with all the different bands in Chicago. Brilliant. Yeah, the Chicago had an interesting scene. You know, they're actually the big town of the Midwest. Everybody thinks it's the coast, but if yeah. you're in the mid, I think a a great drummer from England lives there, uh, Martin Atkins. Yeah, and also the guy from Philly Tribe who was in, going to ministry with Alan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and John from Mekons. Yeah, Wax Tracks. That, because the thing is, I was doing a gig in Chicago. Yeah. You know, and supposedly some of my solo stuff inspired a lot of this industrial stuff, right? Yeah. But after the gig, I, I just went out of cab and said to the, I, was, I was trying to decompress again. I just said, where's the late drink? He took yeah. me into this tiny little bar. And there was a DJ behind the thing, right? Yeah. With DJ Pierre. It was his own little thing, and he was, it, was, it was kind of the very early Acid House stuff, right? Acid sure. Tracks, they called it, right? What we called it, Watching Machine House, right? And I came back to England raving about this stuff. I was like the only white, you know, there was only about four people in this little bar, right? Right. And then about a year later, it kicked off, and it, that was like, that was, it's great to be able to walk in on a few scenes. I don't know if you've had that in your lifetime. You know, I was, I was 13 when Bowie happened, 15, 16 when punk happened, saw techno, saw post-punk, you know, mental being in the middle of just witnessing some of these things. Well, for the listeners, we're going to have 
Forces of Oppression live happen right now. is I just take little snippets like like little cut of swathes or something and try and I think the French word is against both a thrash metal against some booty bass bass line you know that's what yeah. that's why that's what I do I think the French word is pastiche pastiche okay <laughs> but you know what you said that know, I, you know that French, thing French, that you sorry. said I'm not a musician you know Did who, you say that again you know who told me that Taff hey. Falco Tav Falco, and I couldn't believe that because to me he's like musician of highest order. I know. <laughs> so that's interesting what people think of their own work. Yeah, uh, I don't think of it. I don't think of it as work. I mean, I, you know, the I not work, work. I meant, I meant to analyze yourself. That's the, I didn't mean that's the closest that. way to go mad. I didn't mean uh, the the noun work. I meant work the verb. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Never done it. <laughs> Verbs do things, oh, and oh, nouns you know, are things. Uh, verb is doing, work, and noun is saying. word. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting all like uh, Einstein on your ass, okay? <laughs> I didn't go to college, mate. <laughs> <Okay. Yeah. laughs> You're wearing a blazer, aren't you? Yeah, but I went to college for technical. A little monocle. Electri- yeah, I got a monocle. I got... And I got the tunic. Yeah. Sherlock Watts, yeah. I presume. So, yeah. And I guess you're Nigel Bruce, right? <laughs> Who's Nigel Bruce when he's home? He played Watson, right? 
<laughs> I, we didn't get that band over here. We didn't get that band. <laughs> no, there are no spectators. We're going to play this again from the Cologne gig. There are no spectators That's on the right. Mike Watch show. So, <laughs> and no lists either. I mean, this, but you didn't, you didn't, you didn't uh, phrase it as a question. That's a statement, right? Again, again. It's open, 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 open-minded. I mean, I'm, I'm working of this idea, this idea of a. This is a band I really liked from the states called Adult, right? And the whole, it was all in lowercase. The whole, and, but there was a dot, like a full stop after the lowercase adult. And this little dot is the most Period. interesting. Thing. So yeah, like a well, I, I, you know, it's the girl thing. But there was this. <laughs> there was a, there was a, it's, a, it's Peter Saville when he designed all the joy different. Again, it's it's a graphic conceit, right? Yeah. So I'm working of this kind of upside down question mark. You remember question mark and Mysterians? Absolutely, from Michigan, Mexican Shit Michigan. Like that. Shit like that, get me going, gets me going. You know, so it's it's not really it's not necessarily a statement. Again, it could be a question. It could be a joke. Yeah, great, great. Great. I think I think I think I think comedy has got a lot to do with things, and for me, the a lot of the English punk rock was about taking the piss in quite a heavy way, but kind of be able to laugh at the same time. Otherwise, a fight would break out. All right, and that uh, I'm thinking about the studio version. There was water sounds and that stuff too. Yeah, that that's got a kind of collage, kind of a landscape. That's not yeah, driven. Yeah. That's yeah, not yeah. driven with that funk. Frank, Frank Sinatra on the throne. <laughs> that's it. Not Frank Sinatra, Frank Zappa. Frank Zappa. <laughs> the host of people used to have on their walls of Frank Zappa sat on the throne. Yeah, 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 yeah. Frank Zappa on the throne. Are you, are you, still, are you still sporting that Zappa-esque mustache? I'm not, I'm not so, no, no, I'm, I'm clean-shaven. But I oh, was, I was, I was talking about you. you I, I never Haven. figured Pop Shaven Haven. I never thought of... Yeah, I'm Shaven Haven. Right. Keep the motor clean. Hey... I always figured you for more Captain Beefheart than Frank Zappa, and that's the I way I am. We knew about Captain Beefheart. That is the weirdest thing. Me and Gareth were both saying that. We didn't know about it. But, we but you knew about Frank Zappa? No. Oh, you didn't? Okay. Because no, to me, it's, it's, to me, Frank Zappa is much different than Captain Beefheart. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, no, I, I always thought... On. I like his writings and his art stuff, but it's, that is a funny thing, because you see this footage of this film, yeah. right? With the, with the DVD with the, with the boys whose head exploded, right? Yeah. If you see that, you will see that we're basically pasty-faced little teenagers. Yeah. Just jumping up and down. Like I, I said, if people see this, it will blow our cool because over the years, this whole myth has developed and theorists and writers have made more of it to a certain extent. Obviously, it is heavy, in it, but it becomes, you, you must have it with your stuff, it becomes something else. Yeah. Which you can't, which you can't see. Yeah, you, I mean, you become a construct. You, yeah, you become a construct, yeah. and uh, people are asking you questions about something which which a journalist invented later. You know. Anyway, and there's, there's revisions no, uh, I but gotta be honest, Mark. When we heard it, the closest thing we could think was Beefheart with Parliament. I mean, that, yeah, uh, well, To be honest, to but that's where we were coming from. Journalists. We I didn't know you guys. We never saw you live. That's where yeah. we were coming from. So of course we're bringing our own story to it. We yeah. were way into Beefheart, and yeah. here somebody put that with Parliament. Just because they wanted to, we thought that was so liberating. Yeah, well, so did some cool journalists here, like Richard Williams, the editor of Melody Maker and stuff. And so they immediately, and they thought we, we knew all these things, but we, we didn't know B-Farm, but we, we knew, like I'm saying, we, we were really into, like, Albert Ayler, the, 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 on the corner miles, like, you yeah. know, and, 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 like, crazy kind of cut up. 
any kind of offshoot of Clinton, any kind. But I was a funk fanatic from the age of eleven and twelve, from from sure. from, from, from clubbing and stuff. So you know, I'm, I'm going to make a funk radio show the other day. I, I don't know all the stories or stuff, but I know I know bass lines. Do you know what I mean? Sure, absolutely. And reggae and stuff. So we're proper we're proper kind of music heads, but we don't we we don't know the whole universe. And Gareth brings in all sorts of different. Like I'm saying. When we were kids, we'd walk home from school. We'd save up. You get a help. You get a bit. You get some bus fare for your mum and dad because the schools were right across town, right? If you walked home on the way home, there'd be these junk rec- sort of bookshop record shops. The books just come out about one called Revolver, and then they have a secondhand section, right? Yeah. And like you said, when you saw the cover of Why, and you just liked the cover, right? Yeah, right. Me and Gareth would buy like these weird electronic music compilations from like the fifties of like you know Milton Subotnik and so, you know these weird just because the covers were weird. and we'd go home and just listen to like Walter Carlos and these we blip blop blip blop later Wendy kind of, Carlos do a bit of that in that do you know what I mean sure sure we had a radio station well we still have it's called KPFK it's listener supported and they had a show called Tesseract and they would play a Carl Stone. Had the imaginary landscape. They played John Cage. I heard this stuff. It was nothing I saw at the Arena Rock gigs, I tell you. Yeah. It was very liberating. Yeah, um, completely nothing. Let, let, let's, let's play There Are No Spectators.
His voice, just as he says, a psychic moment. A psychic radio, wow. not psychic TV. Well, you know, I've been talking with management there, and we prepared that for you. <laughs> <laughs> not true. People, we just heard, uh, there are no spectators, and we're talking about this idea. But this food, this, yeah. this food I'm eating, have you put some tablets in? <laughs> One flew over the mic, what cuckoo's name? Oh, wow, wow. She spiked your chow, huh? <laughs> That's what we called it, the electric Kool-Aid acid test. <laughs> oh, by the way, I saw maybe The Guardian had some article on they did brain scans uh, during the Oh, yeah, all trip. when people are taking mushrooms. Right. And I heard, uh, some, I heard his most amazing theory about about mushrooms and cave paintings. Bring right? it. That came out of Terrence McKenna or something. They're, they're saying the, pre, the previous great McKenna, man, yeah. when he first ate psilocybin mushrooms he became kind of intellectual or became aware of his mind right it opened right. the doors of, it stopped us being animals and gave us the power of thought right and right. then it said they these arrows on the walls and in, in in prehistoric society or in on you know are actual mushrooms and it's telling you where the mushrooms are right and they're saying then there's how this arrow of the of the which was if you if it's up it's a psilocybin mushroom it looks like a little arrow sure, right, the size sure. of it how that was changed into a cross oh yeah you straightened it out yeah 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 okay so and you know and what these scans show that the sense of connectedness, the brain actually is connecting things. The, the activity when the it elves... opens up synapses, it grows. You can see the synapses lighting up like a tree, like a tree, like a Christmas tree lighting up. You can see it it grows your brain, supposedly. Yes. Oh, wow. I, I, I've read stuff from Terrence McKenna. Yeah. Yeah. He was, I think his last years were in Hawaii. Okay. Very interesting cat and uh, stuff about shaman and... Uh, yeah, there was a really cool American magazine again called Mondo Two Thousand, which, which a guy called Are You Serious used to run. Amazing stuff, just amazing articles by techno shaman like, like yeah, great stuff. Great stuff, yeah. You got some great radio stations over there, man. Uh, yeah, Pacifica. The first one started in San Francisco, Bay Area. KUSFM XR. You got the one in New York. Brian, no, but the, 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 great radio stations this, and magazines. That's what I'm saying. I really miss that Mondo 2000. That research thing I used to love. You know, the one thing that I really like. A friend of mine, uh, Adam Paffrey, is running a thing called um, what's his thing called? It's not Emma. He's got a really cool press in. Um, oh shit! Don't run this bit, Mike. But it's he's it's, it's, it's got a great printing house. He puts out amazing stuff. Adam Puffrey. Uh, yeah, anyway, I can't remember either. But I just no. was with Vivale up in the city there, and uh, there's still, right. yeah, still doing the research. That guy's they going strong. Me, man. Yeah, I love the man. He's a he's a treasure. He was the first keyboard player for Blue Cheer. Right. By the way, now uh, feed the hungry again from the Cologne gig. Sunday lunch. <laughs> Sunday lunch. That was the message to my mom. Okay, when I was in my high chair. Okay, here we go. Yeah. 
regions of Argentina You're saying primary school is grade school, right? It's from five to eleven. Okay, yeah, we would call it, yeah, yeah, like grade school here. And you're saying they had school dinners? Yeah, they had three school dinners. So dinners. Is, it, is dinner at nighttime? Here, yeah, lunchtime. We call dinner lunchtime here. Oh, okay, okay. So you had a free lunch. Free lunch, right? Okay. And you were you were growing lunch. really fast. You're six foot seven now. Yeah, but and you, I was so hungry. Right, that I'd wait. I'd have my I'd have my two three course dinner, right, and then I'd wait. And the serving ladies, the dinner ladies, would took pity on me, and they'd bring me out the whole trays, right. <laughs> so for a couple of years, I had a school record. I had fourteen first courses and fifteen puddings. Jesus like, Christ! Like one day, I was just like I was carnivorous. I was just consuming. I'm trying to make a joke that feed hungry is about that, but in fact, no, it's about 10,000 men, women, and children dying of starvation every day. And you're talking about 15 puddings, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, 
Oh no, no. Are <laughs> you laughing at my political songs? Are you laughing at Starving Babies? Mike. What was that crash song? Picture of the Starving Babies. Right, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, that she was. She just died. Vips averse to the Poison Girls. She did. Oh, I'm yeah. so sorry. I'm so sorry. They were older people, huh, in that band? Yeah, they were older, but they're called Crass. They're called my penny. Yeah, Crass, Crass, right. Great graphics. So, somebody told graphic. me... Uh, they're, they're Crass graphics, like the Dead Kennedys. Those montages are brilliant. You know what? I've heard that some of those artists for the Crass people influenced the Banksy guy. Yeah, of course. Or he was a... Banksy's in Bristol, but Banksy's part of our posse. We played Dismal Pop, we played Dismaland. Oh wow! I drove past that on tour. I can make some massive 3D from massive Bristol. Okay, but uh, uh, where was Crash from? Didn't they live on a commune or something? Yeah, they squatted a place in Epping Forest outside of London. They've owned it now. They've been squatting it for so so long. They got some sort of cheap sheep holders kind of squatting rope. Okay. Yeah. Cool shit. Steve Ignorant's doing some cool shit. Penny Rambo's doing really great stuff. I heard that Steve Ignorant is like a volunteer fireman or something. Yeah. That's Have crazy. you heard the Sleeping Mods? Yeah, the rapper guy with the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, really good. Really yeah. good. What, you think they're in that tradition also? Okay. Well, no, no, no. Just, they, oh. just, uh, just thought we did a split single with them. They're great. They were one of the best things. Pop group? The crop, pop group is making a single with the... We did one. We did one. It was a limited edition with the Nations from the last pop, from Citizen Zombie. We did a split single with the, with the mods, and we did a few... quite a few. We did right? mates with them. Yeah, great, great people. Now, they don't mean mods like, uh, you know... Well, I don't know exactly know what they mean. Okay. Mods, but back in the day, yeah. in, in your local park, you know, after school, you'd go and play in some garages behind your house. Sure, right? sure. And you'd have, like, Canvey Island mods or, or Bristol Skins. There were four skinhead gangs. King, I was kind of affiliated to King Smooth Boot Boys, right? And then there's Redland Agro Merchants. You know, you'd write it up all around your, around your neighborhood. And what's what's Teddy? What's what? T- Teddy? Teddy's? Teddy boys. Yeah, because boys. in in the uh, stupid movie with Staying, they fight the mods. Oh yeah, they're the rockers. Okay. The rockers were the motorbike boys who were like, I took over from and the Teddy boys. And that's Teddy rock. boy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they were, the, and the then mods are more like the mods were like the sixties who kind of people. And scooters, the scooters with the mirrors on. Okay, okay, okay. And the jam. And, and this was, it wasn't a class thing. It was a clothes thing. They're they're both yeah, from the working class, right? Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, of course. Clothes. Clothes and music. Well, they always say in the U.S., England's got such a class system. English got yeah. such a class system. And over here, it's clothes. But in England, yeah. it was clothes, too. Yeah, it's completely clothes, from what I know. You know, yeah. Okay. Interesting about that. And what the skinheads, the original skinheads, yeah. would loved reggae music. Yeah, you know, right, right. Of, and ska, you know, right? Do- and I chatted to these old Jamaican musicians, and they, they, were, they were living in Jamaica. They, they didn't know what was going on, but they were making these, they made these records, Skinhead Moonstomp, with Skinhead in the titles, but, because they heard that people were buying it. They didn't know that, you know. The racial thing. No, they didn't know that. They didn't understand. No, it didn't become racial till later on. It was a second generation, a second wave of skinheads that became the original skinheads. Copied the Rude Boys, you know. Okay. The Jamaican Rude Boys, weird. Oh, uh, talk, talk about weird! It got to the point where you had to look at the guy's boot uh, laces to know what kind of skinhead. Yeah. This is later on, like in the eighties yeah. and nineties. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You got that with hip hop as well. I mean, the funniest thing when hip hop. 
we were in New York, and, and I heard like early hip hop stations in uh, on on Kiss FM and WBLS in New York when we were playing 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 no wave clubs with the pop group and the Gang of Four. Right, and brought the tapes back to Bristol, and the kind of hip hop thing kicked off in Bristol alone. Really, didn't really, London was unaware of it, right? And you guys well, played with the Gang of Four. That were bringing over rappers and stuff from from New York, right? And but the funniest thing is, in the dugout, this club, hip hop club we had in Bristol, you were talking to somebody. And they were looking at your feet. I thought, why did it look at my feet all the time? But it was how you tied your laces. <laughs> okay. The weave of the laces is, and how fat they were. They'd iron their laces. I, I got to tell you, I have a special way I like lately, lace my tennis shoes. Dude. Yeah, I don't use X's. I'm not talking about tennis. I, I don't. I don't. I ain't talking about tennis. I'm talking about sneakers. No, nah, no, that's a kind of shoe. It's a shoe. I'm not talking about the game. Tennis shoe sneakers. Sneakers, okay? I don't lace my sneakers with X's. I have them go across like ladders, and that's much different. Right. But I don't do it to belong to anybody. I do it because it puts less pressure on the fucking arch. You're so arch. <laughs> so arch. So, so look, look, look. You have to, you have to show me how to do that. Later I, will, I will. I will. I will. I will give you the secret uh, technique. Now, now yeah. you said something I want to ask you about. You guys played with the Gang of Four? Yeah. I didn't know you guys were contemporaries. Of course. I thought you guys were before them. We were before them, but when they started, yeah. when they started playing in London, they blew up really quickly. And we had we shared bills with them and did benefits and stuff. Yeah, there's a couple of famous gigs we played with them. Yeah, but and we were, and where we are they from? They're they're we from really uh, Leeds or something. Philadelphia and stuff. We were like, the, you know, we were the, um, uh, the guy from Sonic Youth was saying that you know, I was in New we, I was in New York for quite a long period straight from school because they loved us and the Gang of Four, Hurrah, Danceteria, Tier Three, Mud Club, you know, yeah, Fab Five, yeah. Freddy. Well, what happened was they kept going and you guys quit. Yeah. But now, I was back in the States doing my, my solo stuff anyway, you know, and then I started working with the New Yorkers as still guys, you know. Yeah, right, 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 uh, Mafia. Yeah. But, 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 but uh, Gang of Four, they were uh, leads, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and they were, they were, they were quite radical, you know, they're cool, man. I remember they sent us their first cassette. Okay. Cool. And then a cool label, Fast. Bob Fast yeah, that's cool that's the record I had by them. It was a yeah. little red record with three songs. Great. Actually, there was a lot of good Fast records. Yeah, they also I think put out the Opus for the same scene who played at this the Alexandra thing, the films from. Yeah, yeah. They they put out Fast. they had yeah, these compilations so. called Earcom. Yeah, and it had a similar sort of industrial kind of factory like factory uh, safety video safety poster things that Mute used a bit later on. You know, great, great, great graphics. And, and that, that label was out of Leeds too. I'm not. I think Bob was actually Scottish. Okay. Fast, but yeah, but it was a lot of Leeds bands. Yeah, yeah. De- Delta Five. Delta Five. Yeah, Bev. She was. They, Delta Five played at the. Um, Delta Five were from Leeds. Delta Five played at these Alexander thing that the gigs from the, the DVDs from. Yeah. Good mates. But there's no real connection. Bass player. But but there's no. Uh, yeah, two bassists, right? And ladies. Yeah. But there's yeah. no real connection between Bristol and Leeds. You guys both met in London. No, when we were doing concerts, like I'm telling you. In Sheffield, oh, the circuit, yeah, Leeds, the circuit. Come and say you're, you're, hi, we'd give them a first support I understand, show. I understand. Everybody supported each other in those days. Sure, you were sure. chatting to somebody at the bar, like Ian Curtis in Manchester. Sure. And he'd say, how much, you know, how much, kid from Joy Division would come and say, how much you like the stuff, and then their manager, then we knew t- Tony Wilson from Factory Records was putting on early gigs, you know. Okay, yeah, yeah, I understand. It's a small scene. Yeah, it's a scene. And uh, kind of a circuit. 
that that's uh, not run it's by nothing, the big yeah, boys. Really, it was, there was like really nothing. And just, you know, I just... tried to explain to those people because you were talking about Clash and Jam, Stranglers. They're all in the big labels. What you guys were doing is a lot more like what we were doing in the U.S. Yeah, but because the independent scene had started by then. The Clash and the Jam were the first wave, really. Yeah, the Jam yeah. was a bit later on, and they had to sign to majors. There wasn't really any kind of independent sense. But at the time, I was... I was I was living with a girl, and upstairs, Jeff Travis was renting a room, and he had Rough Trade Record Shop, but he was talking about putting out independent independent singles. He put out one single, Mr. Beastman, a reggae single, wasn't it, right? And then very quickly, a little room above the record shop at Rough Trade became a kind of hub. Daniel Miller from Mute had a little table. Scott Welling had a little table. All these different people were starting to kind of do their own things underneath the kind of distribution umbrella. So Okay. Originally, we were on Radar, which was like set up by the guy from UA, which was kind of like, it was independent within a major structure. It was a cool, cool guy that ran it, but it was still within the kind of, that kind of, you know, corporate, corporate structure. But as soon as there was, an, I really got on with Jeff, and as soon as there was an independent scene, immediately we set up our own Y Records in um, distribution. And that distribution hooked up with people in Italy, and there was a trade in San Francisco, and the whole thing started to grow, you know. Sure, sure. We're at the end of the second hour, April 17, 2016. Special guest, Mark Stewart. I ain't tight for hour three. April 17, 2016. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show. Rob a back! Rob a back! Rob a back! show started the third hour off with another tune from Kalagni 
or Coon, if you live there, 1980. Coon. Oh, no. Actually, this gig was from the Milano one at the Disco ah, 2000. Milano. And it was called Rob a Bank. We're Robin Hood. Occupy. Yeah. Running through the wood with his merry men. And now, now the studio, there's a trumpet. Uh, who, is that Garth? No, Gareth, no, no. Gareth, it's a I'm friend sorry. of ours who first went on to make a band called Mouth. No, no, I don't think, no, I'm sure that's not Gareth. It's just a mate who played trumpet. Music. But Gareth got into sax. Gareth is beyond it. Gareth, well, Gareth was into sax before. Gareth, I think Gareth was playing sax before piano. I mean, there was a, there was a, my, before best, guitar. Friend, my best friend in Bristol, right? Yeah, right, I grew right. up with, and I spent a lot of time with him still, who formed a, a neighbor in the same street, formed the Cortinas, the first Bristol punk band, right. the pop group. Formed going up, we were just mates of the Cortinas from school and stuff. We formed going up to the Roxy Club, the Cortinas. We thought the name E. Gareth and Bruce and stuff in the van going up the Roxy. Jer, a lot of people picked up a sax because of Andy Mackay in, in Roxy Music. Ah, the Andy sax Mackay, was a cool instrument. Yeah. Andy Mackay directs very, very cool. He looked a bit like a teddy boy. He read, a yeah, right, a, right. Yeah, he had that kind of haircut with quiet, the sideburns. And, you know, and Shannon up. We were getting into Shannon up, remember them? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Get a job, her. <laughs> yeah. American Graffiti, that film. American Graffiti. Hey, they're at Woodstock. Wolfman Jack. That's who you remind yeah, me Wolf, of, Mike. Wolfman Wolf Mike from Pedro. I When I first came to Cali from Virginia, he was on the radio, AM radio. I listen to that guy talk all the time. He, he had a show... The, the Mexican stations had X's. You know that ZZ Top song, Heard It on the X? They had no limitations to their power. So they yeah. had like... 200,000 watt stations and Wolfman Jack was one 200,000 watts from yeah. Pedro how would you like that in your ear so 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 Rob whose idea was the trumpet it was the mushrooms okay <laughs> what you call a what you call a mushroom at a party uh, I don't know fun guy yeah <laughs> you're the fun guy Funky, get it? Yeah, I get it. I get it. The fun guy. Have uh, you got a laughing button? Have you got hands and laughing? I'm laughing uh, with all my heart from the bottom of my bowels. Okay, uh, that's that watery noise. Fun guy, is that water? It's coming from you guys. I'm too close to the water. Hey, by the, the bowel noises. By, by the way, where are you calling from in England? Oh, what town? No, what, what's the town? <laughs> I'm in London at the moment. Oh, maybe. you are in London. Because yeah. I heard that you're living out in kind of parts remote. I'm all over the place. I'm all over the place. Wherever okay. I lay my hat, I get sent out to the insanitarium now and again. Have you been to this... <laughs> Let me use the phone there, mate. Have you been to this town that's east of there? I guess it's called Essex. But the town's called Ramsgate? Yes. That's because... where Adrian lives. Yes. I was just going to say that. Some you of played the... played the musical, yeah. I played, played the, 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 the yeah. legendary gig. The, the, the town has ne never been the same, Mike. Wow, because, yeah, really good people, man. I had a fantastic, good time. I had a good guys, time. Yeah. And they told me some cats, actually, they're building a train line so more people can get there, I guess, or something they were telling me. <laughs> but I hope that that don't ruin things. <laughs> okay. Uh, this this song here, uh, there was a band, a contemporary of yours in Bristol called Glaxo Baby. Maybe yes. Mr. Katzis is from there, right? Mr. Dan Katzis, yeah. And Because uh, we're going to play this song from uh, the Cologne gig called Shake the Foundation. And was that one of theirs? 
This is yes, a, that's what the, it is. The, the, uh, this is a cover song. This is a cover song. Well, kind of, because if we tried to work this out yesterday, it's probably okay. the same in your hometown. Bands were kind of swapping members, and there was kind of like incest between different bands and stuff, sure, sure, right? Sure. And what happened was the pop group was quite of its own. We didn't really feel kind of there wasn't, you know, we were we just we were kind of a bit interested in doing our own thing and taking influences a lot from other places, from outer space, Sunbar or whatever, right? And um, so Simon, the the first bass player, who was like my best friend, going I'm, way back to the club. He, he ended up making a band called Pig Band. Yeah, he was the, he was the funk man. As he got more and more into his bass, the problem is with a lot of musicians that, but being a vocalist, growing up with your mates, and people pick up an instrument. You know, we say you're going to be the bass player. You're looking sniffing glue, and there are three chords. Paul from the Clash had stickers on his bass. You know, that whole punk <laughs> thing of having to go right. right from just being mates, suddenly you realise, oh, they're starting to think they can play the bloody thing. Right? Oh, yeah, musician. Yeah, they start growing moustaches. Oh, with a capital M. Shows. Do you know what I mean? And Talking with a capital M. And, uh, yeah, yeah when I saw him, actually, when Black Flag and Minuteman was in uh, at the 100 Club, there was a day off, and we saw Pig Bag at the Marquee, and they were wearing pinstripe, like, Chicago gangster suits. Yeah. It was quite funny. Yeah. So, so this is, to a certain extent, this is kind of why the pop group broke up, even, right? Because I don't know if I don't know if you I you've got to understand a kind of a, a singer's a singer's perspective, right? The thing is, I can understand your mates kind of playing a few chords and making a racket and being punk rock, right? But as soon as they start like becoming learning how to play the instrument, they want to kind of jam and kind of go into outer space and kind of they can play with each other for hours. And there's nothing you can do because they're changing rhythm, they're changing. Right, right. It's and like I trying to dance. I went to an improvisation course once in Berlin, a free jazz improvisation course, supposedly for vocalists, right? And the bloke yeah. said, I'm going to pull a yellow flag out. What do you pull a yellow flag out? Go, it was the funniest thing I've ever I went with this black techno mate of mine. It's just like the craziest thing you've ever seen. I cannot and never do want to improvise. I'm not fucking Damo Suzuki from Pan. From can I can't stand on one leg and yodel. <laughs> That's not me, Mike. Exactly, I know what you mean. So I can't it's like trying to when they start noodling and going. Yeah, it's trying. It's different. like uh, and when they not. Why do fucking musicians nod at each other and then play a riff back and then nod? That's <laughs> no, I, I know for a frontman who's not operating a machine, it's trying to like dance on a rug that's moving. It's yeah. crazy. It's insane. And I remember Perry telling, "Look." Guys not operating a machine have a different relationship. They yeah. just do. They're they're kind of a bridge to the people, but they're also kind of like a conductor. They get the big picture. And the machine operators get too self-involved with their machines. Yeah. And uh, like per Perry once told me, my bass for me is just to sound, and not even that, it's something I feel. Just Perry Farrell. Yeah. yeah. He, he, in, in, in his mind, it's not parts, it's not riffs. And I, I totally understand what he means. And I think, really, to get above being some kind of technocrat, you got to get that kind of understanding. Because at the end of the day, it's connection device. It's not made to th drive people away and say, look yeah. at my specialness. It's it's supposed to be inclusive. Yeah. So I think it's good to get the big picture. So Simon had to leave the band to form his own because... No, so, yeah, so, yeah, so it was... It's a very long question, but I kind of I understand in a, you know, and it happened again towards the end of the band. And if you listen to Garrison later on, Rip Rig and Panic, for example, yeah, right, sure, it's I, more kind of out there. The album God I had. It's really out there, and the vocals are kind of 
uh, adding to the freakiness of the music, like Nana Cherry and whatever. Do you know, it's, it's kind of, it's freer, which is great. Yeah. I've got nothing, no problem with it. But I remember I one song was I called, uh, do that. So, one song was called Knee Deep in Shit. Yeah. And it, it sounded like that. But then yeah. there was also stuff where Nina sang. Yeah. But anyway, so so people were really getting into their instruments and you know and jam and they they were making crazy music and and the best pop group stuff is when it's kind of harnessed and it's got a groove. It's got a groove, and I even lock that groove and put a chorus and some chants into it, make it into some, uh, some kind of the stuff. What we did when we started, we started making basic kind of pop songs, like even kind of glam rock kind of Beast Boy songs to start off with. And then you can freak them out once you've got solid bass. And we're doing it with this new stuff now. Underneath, you wouldn't believe it because it's going to sound crazy at the end. Yeah. But the basic structure is like a kind of J-pop song with harmonies and everything. People go <laughs> mad. They say, why are you destroying such brilliant shit, right? Right. But if you've got a solid structure to start off with, then you can freak out. It's like freaking out in a padded cell. You've got something to bounce off, off the walls against. If you start with craziness, you can't you can't really rein it in. You know? Yeah. And right? I think... So, so, so that is the kind of tension of the pull of the pop group. So, you know, I don't even know why I stopped talking about this. No, because we're, oh, yeah, get, so we're getting at the heart of uh, the, Shake Simon the Foundation. He's more rhythmic kind of, kind of instrumental music, and he's still a really good mate and whatever, and he's like, you know, he's made some friends in Cheltenham, and we were all, like, banging on a fence, and it became more kind of... It's, it's, it's interesting stuff, but, you know, I couldn't sing over bloody Art Ensemble of Chicago. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. But you gotta admit that Papa ha- uh, has a brand new pig bag. That's got a groove, massive groove. But it hasn't got any singing, you know. Yeah, so that's, it's an instrumental. That's interesting. That's the interesting thing about the dude is when I came and saw you guys at that, you played in that that place where they kept that like, kind of prison. They kept Rudolph Hess. Rudolph Hess in, Spandau. Right? They tore it down Spandau, after he hung Spandau himself. Ballet. You played with Sp- How long were you in Spandau Ballet? <laughs> about a week. <laughs> no, they said I wasn't dressed right, Mark. I didn't get to do it. <laughs> So, but when you played in Spandau, right? Yeah. They didn't want any Levi's. Listen to me. There was a noise limitation, right? And I think you had Steve Mackay playing sax, right? We did have a noise limitation. Big right, time. so there was this noise limitation. So that was the first time I'd ever heard the Stooges a bit quieter. And suddenly I realized their place in the kind of ESP label kind of free jazz thing. Because when you hear the Stooges quiet, yeah. <laughs> there's all this weird interplay between the sax and the guitars. And it sounds yeah. quite free jazzy. It sounds... It's, you could put it next to an Albert Ayler thing. If Albert Ayler was really loud and the riffs were a bit heavier, it's, there's a lot of free jazz in that production on the studio. Well, you know, thing, you know what, Ig asked. You know, we lost brother Steve last fall. Yeah, was very sad. And anyway, he told me when Ig first brought him in for the funhouse, he said, "I want Maceo Parker on acid." Wicked. This is Iggy. Ig said that. Yeah, yeah. Because those cats, they That's were way line. into that. There's a song that. Uh, yeah, Upper Egypt, Lower Egypt. That That's Little Doll. That's a baseline, you know, Pharaoh Sanders. They, these guys listen to that stuff. Uh, yeah. A lot of it was uh, from this guy. Me to Iggy. You introduced me to Iggy at that gig, and that filmmaker filmed some of it, right? Right, And Iggy totally. was saying to me, because I was talking about dance music, he's going, people don't realize it. We're from the, we're from, I was going to Tamil Motown clubs. We, I'm, I was in the, you know, yeah. they separate you and put you in this box. He's going, I was, I'm from fucking Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know what I mean? It's Tamla. It's, it's, it's R&B we were into. It's yeah. mad. Yeah. I hate the way people separate stuff. Dance, music, black it's music. It's just terrible. Like going back it's, to the old it's, it's, it's a real crime. I hate it. Horrible. And I get this. TVI's got that one snare on the one thing like Motown has. You use yeah. the same drum beat and rob a bank. 
tap, 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 tap. Yeah, music. It's rhythm notes. It's feelings. It's yeah. expression. You know, this this genre stuff. It's marketing device and also segregation. Yeah, and I really hate it. I hate so, it. So, so let's get back to shake the foundation and the Glaxo babies. Yeah. So there was a lot of interplay and. and uh, Incest between the band. So, so when Simon said he wanted wanted to go and do something else, we said, "Fine." You know, the pop group is a kind of open door. Sure, right? It's and everybody has a right to whatever they played on or whatever. But it's we're not we're not you know we're it's basically it came from a group of mates before it was a band anyway. Just people playing ping pong in a youth club. Do you know right, what I mean? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. We didn't decide we were musicians and wanted to kind of out, out diva each other. So anyway. Basically, he said, you know, and, and and Simon said he was going to do Pig Bang. We said, oh, fine, you know. And I'd already made, I'd seen Dan Katsis molesting a guitar with a dildo, right? Yeah. With the Glaxo, with the early version of the Glaxo Babies, I thought. And it, well, what, what, what were Glaxo Babies like? I never got to see He had a beard. Body in the punk days with a beard. Right? Oh, That's I had to go. Him. Mark, I had to go through that because I wore a beard in the early punk days and I took blows. Respect. I took a lot of blows for that, <laughs> especially with flannel and Levi's. There was a lot of San Francisco in that look, <laughs> but but anyway, uh, so Dan Dan was another brave brother then, because for those days, beards <laughs> were not brother. in. I always wonder what brother from another mother, right? I always wonder what Glaxo babies were like live because I never got to see them. Well, they're playing again, and they were kind of cool. They were very very cool, but it's fun that Santa Foundations track is really funky but a couple of songs were like proper like no way there's a track there's a song they did about Christine Keeler who was a legendary uh, sort of sex worker girl who was sleeping with members of the cabinet and kind oh, of oh yeah I remember that yeah fantastic idea fantastic lyrics I've got you know Glaxo Babies were great and they were a lot of friends of mine what, I, what, what I, is it Glaxo Glaxo Klein Beecham it's, it's a drug company that they, they, <laughs> Right, and some babies don't have birth defects. They had to change their name for a while. Okay, okay. It's a drug company. Right? Okay. I had no idea. I thought it was, I didn't know what the fuck it was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, but Dan's a guitar player in that band, huh? Yeah, he's a guitar player. But you bring him over so on stage. I saw him on stage in his dark room attacking his guitar with a dildo, and I thought, I'm going to chat to this guy. And he happened to live like four doors down from my local pub that I was in virtually every night of the week. But off the pub, I'd just go around his house and listen to weird music. And he was about one of the only guys in the neighborhood who was interested in interference in shortwave radio. Wow. <laughs> I'm showing my two colors here. It's a bit of a fetish thing. But me and him would just sit and listen to the... And we'd no, Radio know, Albania. You know who was into ham radio was Greg Ginn. <laughs> SST actually stands for Solid State Transmitter. I, when I first worked for him, I made antenna tuners. Classic. And that's where he got the idea of touring. All the mother punk bands in Hollywood, they didn't even have a van. Because he talked to people in other towns over the radio, he... Remember those trucker songs? (laughs) (laughs) So anyway... There was a big hit from... Was he involved in... There was a big hit over here. Something about talking about a trucker song on the radio. No, that was Convoy. That's CB radio. (laughs) CB radio is a little different than uh, uh, a ham radio. Ham radio's at home with the big antennas and you gotta be licensed. CB radio's truck. Piece of cattle, it must be an American thing. CB radio is on the trucks. The trucker guy's talking where the cops are, where the speed traps are. 
Tried, I you thought know, you were trucking with a fisherman. <laughs> no, I, I trucked the boat to do gigs in the van. I ain't no fucking trucker. But anyway, so so Dan starts off as a listening buddy, huh? And then he yeah. you work him into the band. And also talking about weird, it's like you and me. He talks about weird shit, reads weird people, underground press. You know, it's like a, a brother. You call yeah, him a sure. brother. You know, cool dude, cool dude, a good mate. And when Simon left, I thought, great, let's get Dan in. And he was also obsessed with copycats. He'd put his face to all these weird machines. said the guitar lady made a book that's pretty good. Amazing. Okay, let's listen to Shake Foundations. This is a live Cologne 1980 pop group doing Glaxo Babies.
What's his name? Biv Bavel or Dennis Bavel, amazing Dennis Bavel. reggae, the best dub producer in in in, in the world, really. I mean, but again, we just, I wanted to get Dennis in because I was interested in all these kind of dub effects. But sure. you give somebody the title of producer, but you know, basically, you want certain outboard gear and you want somebody's skills. It's this idea of a producer telling somebody what to and helping a band is so patronizing. No. Yeah, yeah. So, so for your saying, the second album, how much longer do we tolerate mass murder? There was no producer. Nobody was uh, anointed with that title. No, it was kind of a group. Yeah, we all had our we all, we, all, we all had our hands on the knob. Right, right. And now you had some experience. See what I'm saying? <laughs> I know in England now, back in those days before Pro Tools, there were big desks, and we all had we were all like dubbing up the guitar and pushing the. We sure, all, sure. There were like six of us from the desk, kind of going like those. Turn them wise, the tapes mixing down, right? Everybody's fighting. Exactly. Yeah. We call them faders because I heard. Fader. Yeah, because in England, if you say knob, you better be careful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we got a slang here for a sound man. We call him knob man. But in, I found out in England, you don't want to call a dude a knob man. Well, maybe like you do. <laughs> <laughs> this is so on PC. Yeah, yeah. So, so to me, those are the two big differences between the albums. It's the bass man. We should both take out our trousers though, live on air. <laughs> two men. Nobody will see us. Don't worry, mate. But but it's all right. It's between me and you. Yeah, that's right. And the rest of and, and the eavesdroppers <laughs> and the eavesdroppers. So to me, that's the difference. It's it's the producer or lack of producer or whatever. You explain it well. How they're really kind of superfluous, and then the basement. Because to, to me, a certain extent, yeah. But the first the first album again, we were kind of really, really, really kind of excited about going in the studio. And we wanted to do everything we wanted to do in like the first five minutes. And we wanted to live a hundred miles an hour in five seconds, you know, exploding. It's your first and time in the studio, wanted, right? Really wanted, we really use the studio as a kind of we wanted to plug everything in backwards and do everything and just the studio was part of the if you hear those songs yeah. before we got in the studio they're completely different things oh I know so because it was really using the studio as a kind of experiment I know that because uh, right? the I, I second know. one this, the second one was more documenting what we were doing like with the lyrics it was documenting the time and it was more like a thing of the moment do you know what I mean I know that about I know that about the first album because I've heard some John Peel yeah and, and there's the same ta uh, tunes with different treatment. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. They're both valid to me. I like them all. I like it all. Thank you. And, yeah. and in fact, it's, it would feel kind of jive if they were the same. Because you wouldn't be We've reacting. Got no intention. This brand new pop group stuff is we, we're going to flip it again, mate. It's going to you wouldn't even know it's a pop group. There's no way I'm going to make something similar to something else. I'm not interested in what's that thing when you shag dead corpses, necrophilia. Fuck it. We say flog a dead horse. <laughs> That's going to be a long way. Now look, gonna, I'm going to play. Take a horse to water, but can you make it riding through the desert on a horse with no name? You know what? That's America for you. You know what that was? That was the, some kids of U.S. servicemen living in England trying uh, singing like Neil Young. Classic. Singing like Neil Young. Exactly. That's what I thought when I heard. Now, what I'm going to play now, Mark, is a tune I never heard before this. I never heard 73 Shadow Street. You're lucky. 
but we're going to hear it now. <laughs> I didn't hear it either. What are you talking? <laughs> I can't hear it. Yeah, but you heard Play it. Play it for me. Play fucking... it again, Sam. You're the one who fucking delivered it, okay? Let's listen. Geometrically Inside 
I just took the lyrics off and put on my solo album. Yeah, uh, people, we just heard uh, 73 Shadow Street and Mark's explaining, because this is new for Watt. He didn't really know this one. But it's yeah. a, 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 I did hear parts of it in other ones, and he's explaining this was kind of a prototype, right? Well, well I didn't know it was going to be a prototype at the time. Yeah, of Dan course, had, of course. Dan Daphne had left. He now tells me we threw him out or something. I didn't realize until yesterday, right? After 35 years, we had a heavy therapy session. You threw him out of the band back then? Oh, I don't know. I can't remember any of the story. He said, he said he came to rehearsal, and Gareth walked in and said, oh, I thought it was in the UB4, but he'd come all the way from Bristol up to London or something. He was telling me stuff yesterday, which I'm pleased he told me now. You must get that with mental or something. I didn't even know any of it, right? He must have been perceiving something in a different way. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Some people think the, the world is flat. So he didn't come to Helsinki. Again, it was a big kind of benefit for some something going on there. I can't remember exactly what it is. I remember somebody giving me a really good book about politics. It was some heavy thing that was going on in, in an ice rink in Helsinki. 
right? Okay. So we got that. A four-piece. John Waddington playing bass. He's a oh, very really? good bass player. He wrote a lot of the bass lines, actually, right? Okay. Um, John is the kind of disco. John's a funk man, really, right? Yeah, right, right. I, I mean, you know, uh, so we were stop- we are, in rehearsal, somebody comes up with a riff, and then you take it out on the road and just jam with the riff a bit and chant and chant. That's how it was back in the day, right? Sure. And the song would kind of grow. So there was a riff. I was starting to write bits and bobs or something, and something was starting to grow. And that would, if we'd have continued playing, that was to grow. But on that night, that was like one of the very like that. And then we came back to London and did Trafalgar Square in front of five hundred thousand people. This big rally for campaign for nuclear disarmament brought London to a standstill. Five hundred thousand people brought London to a standstill. And um, on that day, it was the pop group played. On, on in, in the evening after the pop group played, I played my first mafia gig on the same stage, so... Wow. But you don't think of it at the time like that. I didn't know anything was going to end or start or whatever. So that was... Basically, Shadows, this Shadow Street song is, is the last ever pop group song from that period. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that that's a great way to end the record then. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But wow. just one thing, this... Gareth wrote something for the press release. There's this cool website called Dangerous Minds, which is going to... Oh, yeah, is, beautiful. I love it. I think guys. it's out and of they're, Cleveland. They're going to show a bit of this footage, right? I think it's out of Cleveland, uh, Ohio. Great, guys. There's some great things in America. Remember, Slug, Dangerous Mind, great stuff in America, right? Uh, there's a Radio Valencia as well in San Francisco. Great stuff going on. Good, cool people. Cool underground there at the moment. I'm impressed, right? Yeah. Anyway, so they're going to show a little snippet of the thing. And Gareth wrote something <coughs> about the band exploded then or something. But this, the boys who's head singular exploded it's more about when you're like 14 15 and your brain is just i mean my brain still like it I've, i'm getting worse but your brain's just exploding you're completely with, with ideas and you can't even i can't even write things down fast enough at the moment. i get so frustrated i've got a storage room in, in in berlin with boxes and boxes of these i don't know if you get over there supermarket catalog to put through the door right and it's yeah. the only thing that i can find to write on i'm writing so fast i can't even read my writing when i go back and try and find the song <laughs> Oh, anyway, so it's about your kind of head exploding with ideas. You know, yeah, so sure, sure. You're, 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 we, we say over, you know, over the brim, huh? Yeah, yeah. Over the brim. That's full sexual here. So that, <laughs> yeah. You don't really say that here, but no. Okay. Actually, Mark, br- you've changed. You know, you found, <laughs> you found your flame. I found it. <laughs> Brims actually was an old name before Bloods. And, uh, there was Crips, but one of the early names of uh, Bloods was Brim and Pyru. Oh, and, I remember. And it has to do with the hats. <laughs> you said Brim, not Rim. <laughs> yeah. Rim the Brim. I know what Rim is, yeah. It's kind of a. Have you ever ribbed a Brim? No, I ain't ribbed a Brim. I got other work to do, you know. I mean, we all got different gigs. Tonight. Yeah, we all got different gigs, and why mind open, man. Why ain't much of a rib man? <laughs> but a, <laughs> but a, okay. Yeah. So, uh, Garth Gareth is convinced this is when the band ended. It's not when the band ended. It's, it's it's the last song. I think it's the last song we were starting. Last to song play. for that big vacant period. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, that's when he got into his rip rig and panic with Bruce. Can you stop talking yeah. about periods. <laughs> <laughs> periods. This is this is a problem between okay. us cousins. Yeah, this yeah, isn't yeah. like women. Sorry. 
Bin Nob Yeah, Right, all this shit's fucking it all up. <laughs> the English language. <laughs> right. I think, uh, I don't know, one of your, your great thinkers said we're a common people. We're, we're, we're two people divided by a common language. Yes. Maybe it was uh, George Bernard Shaw or something. You're speaking for yourself. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm 15 million people. You know me, I fuck up every goddamn paraphrase I do, so I'm, I'm sorry about that. So, uh, I know that a few months ago you put out, you actually re-released How Much Longer Do We Tolerate? Yes. The, the actual thing, but also... It, with some, no, it was number four in the Japanese charts, mental. Wow. But you yeah. put in extra stuff, right? There's supplements. Really, no, it just it was it was facsimile. All the posters, no, it was just, it was, it was facsimile. Yeah, because exactly. oh, well, when it came out over here, some guys got posters and some guys didn't. Ah, uh, shit! And then there was a flyer. Well, I don't know what that a flyer is different than a poster, right? That's not to do with us. Okay, a flyer is like a one-page thing, you know, where yeah. like in Y, it was a poster. That thing folded out. Yeah, well, it's beautiful. How much longer? It's got eight posters in it. The fold down newspaper things about Pol Pot and all the inf political information about the riots and everything, yeah. Okay, the one I got, it had a yellow, f a red flyer, red paper, and it had like some words on it, some lyrics, and that was it. It was not really a poster, it was a flyer. Well, that's rarer. That's a, that's a, that's a sort of promo copy, Mike, I think. Really? I got it from Zeta Lund. It's, oh, there's something 500, on the... 500 pounds, I swear. <laughs> I ain't into that shit. Come on, don't worry. Sure. I'm going to keep it forever. No one's prying it out of my fucking dead fingers. But <laughs> there was something on the cover because you guys used some new newspaper motif. Yeah. And it says six-minute war ma madness. Explain that. That's what was happening. That's what was happening. We, I was walking around. There's a bit of footage of us on Belgian television when I'm wearing a helmet, right? A military helmet. They thought What's there was about? going there was going to be conscription in England. There was going to be a call up. That clash song. It's up to you not to heed the call up. There was some nuclear kind of Cold War alert going on. That is from the newspaper at the time. Oh, uh, you know what I remember? There was a corporal in the U.S. Army in West. It was called West Germany then. Yeah, he put well, on he put on a tape. Top, yeah, he put on the wrong tape for a war game, and everybody thought it was You know, it was happening. It was coming on. That's what but it you was. You do that on your show. <laughs> <laughs> now, they don't give Watt those kind of tapes. I don't think they <laughs> They don't trust him with it. Okay, that's what it refers to. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You, you know, hey, when you get a chance to... Uh, you know, who was in charge of the, the pop group art stuff? Me. Yeah, of course. Stupid. Always, always have been, always will be. You know what I like, though? Uh, you wouldn't use scissors. You would like rip the pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was so fucking happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I love that. I love that white rip bit. You know, yeah. Sure. I tell you what, we have made. Uh, we've remade those mirror prostitutes t-shirts with Margaret. I don't know if you ever saw those. With classic. No. What, yeah, I noticed it was a big departure with Citizen Zombie album cover. Yeah. So, like, you took a, a recruitment poster or something and like turned it on itself. Yeah, I was trying to like I was trying to make a, a cereal packet. I'm working on something now, which is a a toothpaste that says system on it or something. It's, yes, yeah, yeah. Toothpaste. You know, like a toothpaste packet. I was in Thailand or something. Oh, the tube. The tube. Here, something. Toothpaste to clean your teeth. Like, yeah, yeah, it's in a tube. Yeah, but the actual box. Oh, the, the box the that the, the toothpaste is called in English. It's called system. Systema. And I'm trying to think of an album title that I can something about system. I can use it. Oh. It's a piece. I can add more. It's like the system is a toothpaste, toothbrush. 
toothpaste for you. Sure, sure, sure. So the album doesn't, the new album doesn't have a name yet, of course not. Uh, not yet, no. And in fact, you guys... I've got the artwork ready. I often think of art... I You've already got like the artwork ready. And montages at the same time as the thing. Okay, okay. And, uh, but you haven't really recorded anything. You're still uh, cooking up tunes, right? No, we're going to happen fast, man. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, year, I mean, every yeah. band's different, okay? Some people, they get, they practice the tunes big time before they go to tape. Some guys, they go to tape and work on it as they're doing it. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 something can come from anything. Something can come from, like, a recording of, of Supernatural. It can come from anywhere with us. Well, you were saying earlier, right now you're in a practice room. You're not really in a studio, right? No, it's a studio. Oh, it is a studio. Yeah, Dan came up to do the bass lines. Okay, That's okay. Dan's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought this was like the composing part or whatever. <laughs> no. Okay. You mix them together, the actual recording and the composing. Yeah, together. and the yeah. thing is, if you're working with like kind of creative engineers and dub yeah, guys, if yeah. you're working with Adrian Shield or Dennis sure. Bell, you get a beat, and then suddenly Dennis, when we make him wine, made the thing sounded like huge kind of thundercracks. Sure, sure, sure. So... That correct for me is like making a film. Yeah. As soon as right. the weird sound develops, you've got an atmosphere. It's like rainy in a right, city. Right. And then you can. I'm working on this song called War Incorporates, like War Inc. Right. Right. But I'm looking. I'm searching for the atmosphere to place it in to make it kind of malevolent. You know. Okay. Okay. So it's a bit like a radio play, the way I see things. And then I, I kind of use choruses as kind of eye dense. I'm using a lot of things called risers, which are like science fiction takeoff noises, which kind of go. Sure. You're you making for the chorus. You get a lift off. You're making mind movies. Yeah. Uh, is Adrian Sherwood involved? No. Because he wasn't... He with, with him a lot of other stuff. But, with, yeah, he's the mafia guy, right? Uh, or one of the mafias. I think right now, uh, Doug Wimbish is with Living Color. Yeah. I've I, written some stuff and then they're rocking the moment. You know what? Last Feb... Uh, about 14 months ago, I got to do all of Maggot Brain with him. And... Viper Room in West Hollywood. I couldn't believe it. I thought it was going to be some, like, you know, blues jam and E minor or something. You know, this guy called me up to come up there, and Doug Wimbish is on the stage, and we do the whole maggot brain. George Clinton comes on stage, kid, uh, you know, uh, Michael Hampton and uh, Blackbird McKnight. And uh, I heard some of the songs they never did live. Yeah, Blackbird McKnight was up there. Uh, I was playing right other next other to him. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. And, and and I was told later that some of them songs they had never done live, like uh, Back in My Mind and stuff. So and what I, were you playing? I, I was playing bass. I was the bass. Doug was playing. Uh, Mr. Wimbush was like doing these effects, you know, with those pedals. Yeah. So you were playing bass. I was playing more of the bass bass. Yeah, I didn't know even Doug was going to be there. Is there okay. anybody you haven't? Mike, you can die happy. Fuck. Get this. Know? Get this, Mark. We're playing you back. You that put on your gravestone, man. Oh, man. It, it's one of my all-time best gigs ever. There was a oh, part in back in my mind. Why did they phone you? Huh? Sorry. It wasn't. It was this other guy. He was like, you know, jammed. Oh, I come up. up somebody else's phone. This this guy, his name was, uh, oh, escapes me at the time. Sorry. But he said, hey, why come up? You know, I'm going to have the jam and you can come up there. And, and you know, I, I like him a lot. So I said, okay, I'll do it. And I, I was dreading it because I usually don't like these kind of jam things, you know. Yeah, the purposeless. Yeah, it's, oh. 
but so I get up there and it's not that. Wow. And I had mentioned why not do all maggot brain. I just as a whim, you know, because I love that fucking. You album. mentioned it. And it was yeah. And and cool. lo and behold, we get up there and Doug Wimbish is on the stage and these guys and we do the whole album. And I remember we doing the tune back in my mind, back in our mind. And when it comes to the change to the cor- chorus, I looked over at Doug. And he saw me move to the right chords, and he gave me the nod like, what, you know this song. Dude. And I had never been so validated in, since I started playing with D Boone or something. You know? I couldn't believe it. Doug gave me that look like, yeah. Wow. And for me, after all these years, all these gigs, that was, he really was, was righteous to do that. You've got Play Some Maggot right now, man. Play some the original. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We started off with, you know, we went in order. We did the whole fucking album. Was that a trip? So you've written. I tell you, there be some great people gathering for Bernie Warrell. I'm not sure what's going on or something, but yeah, some amazing. Uh, he's fighting cancer right now. I I got to do some recording with him last year, and in fact, there was a project I was involved with. He had to quit to do this cancer fight. Right, and he's incredible. I got to I do was a saying ver- to somebody the other day, right? Because this the pop group stuff. I'm trying to make really, really the beginnings of it really, really funky underneath before we go any weirder, right? And I was saying to somebody the other day about when. Because I was doing, you know, after the pop group, when I was in New York, I was starting to get hold of Doug and everybody. I was starting to bring that kind of stuff into my kind of palette. Right? Sure. But when Talking Heads went from, from like Psycho Killer, which is real kind of loft, kind of television-y, kind of no, eating no wave, right? right? Suddenly they got Bernie Worrell involved. They went to Comfort right. Point and Tina and, and what's his name? And, and, and they started kind of cool. locking that. Brian Eno. When, when you lock no wave and funk, you get this weird two-headed beast which is really interesting yeah yeah absolutely Brian Eno was involved with that too yeah uh, so uh, the best track from that that sums that up is is the track Eno did it was a beast on it it's called R.E.F. when he's got Judy Nye on the Patty Paladin from Smash on it which is oh, brilliant this is a kind of motoric motor, motoric funk no wave rhythm Motoric, which is absolutely no brilliant wave, funk Rhythm, yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that. So, you, but you were really, calling it a blank wave now after Richard's blank generation. Yeah, of course. But you're, you're saying you got a new mafia album in the works. In your there's mind. all sorts of things going on. You know, there's, there's all sorts. Of, the next few years are stacking up. Well, let, let, bring some of them out. Pull it, pull them out. Tell us. But no, I no, I, I'm just. There's just, there's just thing. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just creating where, where the things go, whatever's happening. I don't know. At the moment, you know, the pop group is like a five-year plan. Sure, sure. Right? But nothing else has stopped. You know, I'm helping Skip with Little Axe. I'm helping Pug with Living Kill. I'm helping Adrian with on new stuff. You know, there's all sorts of things. I did something with Lee Perry. There's all sorts of things going on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's all cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, and the. the... They're just different facets of your expression, right? And then, then the catch you play with, the collaborate. Well, we swap, yeah. yeah. People does it, you do a favor, you know, and you could do the favor back. We trade. Sure, sure, sure. Barter. Yeah. Barter expression. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> what a marketplace. The so marketplace. what else are you up to, Mike? Are you coming over here? Yeah, I am with the Italian guys. Right. In September, October. The Tafalco thing's finished, right? No, no, but I get a chance. He wants to do an album. Great. Yeah, I mean, he's he, he's a treasure, man. I really dig him. He's been living in Austria the last ten years, and uh, oh, so you might be record, you might come over here to record some of it. He might want to come out to California and do it. He told me. 
wow. We can do okay. any cut. Give we... me a shout if you need any backing vocals or something. I got a lot of pleasure. I, I helped somebody. We were, you, know, you remember Jeffrey Lee Pierce? Because sure, was, absolutely. Iggy was in there on as well. There's this cool guy who's like really looking after his memory and stuff and looking after all the old tapes and bits. A good old friend of his who was in a band or something. They do these kind of benefits for the for a charity and of, 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 of finishing off or covering some of Jeffrey's old songs. Iggy did it, Nick Cave did it. Yeah, I did something it. with Thurston Moore on the last one. And they're starting to do something else on that one. It's cool shit, man. It's and, great. It's great doing... I know it's a bit kind of super groupy, like Blind Faith or something, but it's just kind of... <laughs> you get out of your zone. And it's great crashing other people's... Going against Thurston Moore on a gun... on a, we, I actually sang against... We found a track that Jeffrey... With Jeffrey's voice on it that I kind of sang against it, which is amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. A duet. Yeah. I know Kid Congo... Kid Congo's out there touring with his Peak Monkey Birds, and he played for a while with Jeffrey. Uh, really good cat. I think he lives in D.C., but he's out touring right now. Yeah. Je- Jeffrey, you know, he started out uh, writing in this magazine called Slash yeah. that a French guy named Kickboy put out. And it, it was very important for SoCal scene. Because, okay. Yeah, it was so small, but by having a, a magazine or a zine, uh, some kind of community. And he was called Ranking Jeffrey Lee because he liked to write a lot of reviews of uh, Sky and uh, Reggae. Right. Yeah, Ranking Jeffrey Lee was the first time I saw his name in print. And then he just, you know, the whole idea was start a band, you know, you write about bands. You know those guys who wrote in... And what's the name? That Romy, Romy, that Japanese girl was in it as well. She's great. He ended up learning how to rap in Japanese. Wow. At the end of, near the end of his life there. Wow. Uh, interesting guy. Uh, they met a lot in Europe, in the, you know, in, in the German scene and French scene. So the gun club held way up, you know, before Nick Cave and stuff. They, got, they, they did some legendary gigs. Much more appreciated overseas than back home. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Well, U.S. people are like that. Right. <laughs> no, I mean, look at the bebop. How many bebop cats had to go, Bud Powell? And, you know, had yeah, to, they all ended up living in Paris. Didn't they? they had to do because people wouldn't support here. But anyway, uh, yeah, Taft Falco, okay, I, I will tell him that, you know, because he is, he's he's itching to make an album. That is cool. Has he got a label? Uh, well, you know, this org music, he put these 245s on, and uh, yeah. but I don't yeah. know, uh, he hasn't made promises to anybody or anything, but I know he wants to record. and uh, Push it, Mike, push you it. Know, you know, he's a little older. Yeah, but if the, I find with some of these mean, things, you actually have to use to do the legwork and get it together because you, you know it's cool, man. No, but I think I think when uh, you get a little older, you get a little more hankering. I got to leave some more stuff behind. Yeah, and I think that's well, who was it that like Bowie was recording right up to the end? It's brilliant. Yeah, I think yeah, that's right. Elvin Jones was doing it. I mean, there's a lot of people like that. I want to be somebody like that. I want to go. I had like this playwright guy that suddenly they told him there was something wrong with him. He wrote, he wrote his best work. You know, what else are you going to do? Sit around worrying about it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you think of people like Rambo. They only did it like two, three years, and then they were done. Yeah. But other people, I think it's a calling, and they just got to keep going. And you're right. Can't they stop they me, probably yeah, get yeah. better. They probably get yeah. better. Yeah. Uh, um, do you have a? Do you ever worry about what you don't you don't want to do, or have you made it possible in your situation where you don't get forced into having to do crap? No, I'm the thing is, I'm my own master. I don't work for anybody. Right, right, and I can if if I'd rather starve than do crap. Personally, do you know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. And, 
and there's good years and there's bad years or whatever. And I, you know, I, I won't, I, I can't do it. So, I mean, I, there's, I just can't do it. It's, it's not possible for, for me to do it, really. So you say but, you're inherently autonomous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but again, I'm not, there's, you know, I've, I've got no problem of like working with massive attack. Do you know what I mean? There's like, the, the the interesting thing is is there's some really cool even you know there's some great people on the other side of the fence in the overground or whatever and doing really interest for me at the moment most of the in, really interesting sounds and noises are coming from like R and B okay like weird skittery kind of like mad like you know Rihanna and stuff it's just I'm hearing weird shit coming from the other side and yeah. some of the stuff that's supposedly weird and underground it's just like people were doing it in the moment times. Yeah, yeah. Connected. Do you know what I mean? This myth of the avant-garde is a bit wank, if you ask me. But so it's not really them and us. But it's it's you know it's my cool. my drummer. Cool. Uh, my... Into, you know, I could, there's all sorts of shit you can do. That's funny I you mentioned that word. Mind. You could push it into anything. You mentioned that and word. Often you just inject energy into other people's situations, which is cool. That's a gift. That's a beautiful. Thing. Well, you give them but faith you, in themselves. You, you, know? you mentioned that word avant-garde. The drum, my drummer man friend Larry was saying that's actually a military term yeah the avante guard yeah it's the guy the guys who go over the wire first yeah <laughs> well yes yeah, so, well yeah but i'd rather be reconnaissance <laughs> do you know what i mean huguenots <laughs> the huguenots huguenots that's how you say it <laughs> Hug- I huguenots. <laughs> huguenots. no over here they say huguenots <laughs> <laughs> and you guys say fill it. It. and you guys say fill it <laughs> At least we say filet. Fill it up. No, yeah, no, yeah. You know, it's all really interesting. I love every time I get to talk with you, Mark. No problem, Mark. I don't know if I can fill up this whole hour, though, mate. Do, yeah, we only got a minute left. Okay, cool. <laughs> don't worry. Don't to worry. live, but make another album really quickly. You can make another 30 album. Seconds to die. Thirty seconds to die. Like what? Uh, where's right now? You're in London. What's the best yeah. place to play in London? Well, this is what we're talking about. It's, for me, it sounds like the hundred. I think it's a hundred club. Well, have you ever have you heard of this it's place a, called it's a little place that used to be done in the jazz days? And stuff. No, it's I played there with Black Flag and Minutemen in 1982. Yeah, it's on Off Street. It's right in the middle of town. It's proper. What about this place called Odo? Cafe Otto, Yeah, you like that? It's, it's got a, it's, yeah. It's it's the, the it's that well. It's the kind of heart of the experimental scene. Yeah, you, yeah. Otto is where you get the heads. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and, they, and they'll guarantee. Yeah. They asked me to do something called. They asked me. give you a couple of I look after you, Mike. They asked me to do a thing called a residency. Be there three nights. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's where the team did it. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. The Lanny's just doing something there. Yeah. It's good. Well, Mark. They publicised it really well, which is often a problem in England. Okay. If Mark Stewart says it's okay. Then I'm going to go for it. I want to thank you. Oto Pedro Pedro <laughs> Resident Oto. I know what the Over word the means. Top. I know the word Odo means sound in Japanese. Well, you know a lot. <laughs> I want to thank you so much for being on. Really enjoyed uh, getting the sto- backstories on all this stuff that I've wondered about for 35 years. Thank you so much. When you have some of your other projects come, please, let's talk about it via the Skype. Skype me up, Mike. All right. Do you have plans for uh, playing in the U.S. soon? Later in the year, we will return. Okay. I hope you come to SoCal because I want to witness that again. And thank you. Can so- witness? And thanks for so much for shouting out for my ma. The four surgeries, they, they got the cancer out. Shut up. Yeah. She's all right. Yeah. 
Well, wow. she's battling this other thing. Lovely, lovely. She's battling this thing called COPD from the 65 years of smoking. But yeah. she did stop smoking. But the bladder cancer's gone. So thank you, Mark. Thank you. People, it's been April 17, 2016. Dish of Waffle Pedro Show. Special guest, Mark Stewart. Everybody, keep your Respect powder dry. Well, thank you, mate. Keep your powder dry. Keep the flame burning.